Welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey, and joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Eric Van Allen. Hi, Kat. We, uh, we're flying close to the sun this week. We're just really going <laughs> to see how far we can take the podcast in a single week. It's going to be great. Yeah, joining us this week is not one, not two, not three, not four, not but five special guests. And who are they? Y'all, y'all really, y'all really packed it in the clown yeah. car that is Acts of the Blood God. <laughs> I'm John Warren, a former head of media at Fanbyte. I'm Natalie. I'm the former assistant managing editor at Fanbyte. And I am Miriam. Uh, I guess technically still employed by Fanbyte. I'm still on that payroll for what? for. We'll we'll see how long that lasts, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, uh, over there doing nothing right now. Cause actually, because I'm on vacation, I had uh, five weeks of PTO and here I am. Oh, hell yeah. Spread my wings instead. Welcome mm-hmm. back. Aww. Hey, and it's your motherfucking boy coming to you live from the Bay area. Ooh. Uh, I am still collecting checks. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to get, uh, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not going to say that. Shit, there's a bunch of oh, there's so much shit I want to oh, I want to talk so much shit, but I cannot uh, because we are here gathered together to talk about RPGs. Sorry, did y'all talk about having Michael Heim on before? Like, did y'all have a discussion about this or like? Yeah, you could have asked us about it, him. Like, we could have like talked about it before if anyone had questions about Michael and kind of his whole demeanor. Anyway, I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a veteran of of many acts of the blood god. Michael Hyam, unofficial fourth chair at this point. Been on hey, more, let's go. More than that. All right, sorry, I yeah. interrupted the chain. Acts of the blood god after dark, and who else is with us? Uh, how do you follow up Michael? Uh, with that? <laughs> That's a good I, question. I'm former weekend editor uh, at Fanbyte, also uh, Andrea Sheeran. <laughs> Welcome so much. Yeah, we're doing. A little 99 Potions takeover in honor of our sister podcast. Because, look, Acts of the Blood God, 99 Potions. We were adventures together on this wonderful little genre we call RPGs. We're pouring one out. Aww. We're bringing in everybody. We're, we're bringing our yeah. pals from Fanbite. We're saying, hey, come. She fucking did. Wield the, we, 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 the we, we, Put a bullet in that shit. We yeah. did it. Y'all, y'all won. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> don't gotta outrun the bears. Fine, Just gotta outrun the other podcast. Let's go. Fine, <laughs> you're the, the best RPG podcast on the Citadel. God. Like, uh, that's true. Damn. God. And that's why we have like seven people on this show. So let's see how chaotic <laughs> this gets. I think it's gonna get a little chaotic. But before we get to that point, if you enjoy the show... Do us a favor and leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Helps the visibility show, brightens our day. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where we have a lot of bonus content for you, including various lists, rankings. We're about to do the Avatar The Last Airbender book one wrap-up. It's available exclusively to our patrons at the $5 level. And for just $1, you can get access to our ad-free version of the podcast you can follow me on twitter at the underscore catpod and eric is at cmoosey and let's go around and have everybody tell us where we can find you we'll start with you john oh you can find me on twitter at floppy adult and that's a good place to see what i'm up to after i'm unemployed 
You can also find me being unemployed over at Hardimisia. That's heart I M E C I A, an RPG reference. Oh my goodness! Oh, Final wow. Fantasy VIII was good, everyone. That's it never was. come up on Ninety Nine Potions before. That's Final funny. Fantasy VIII no, was good. It. I agree. <laughs> Keep so Nadia true. out of here. So true, Queen. <laughs> There's not enough room in this call for another person, anyway. So I think it's fine. Nadia is <laughs> too busy at the Killers concert. Ooh. <laughs> Accidentally bought tickets for accidentally. Accidentally, we accidentally the blood got without without going into too many details. I don't feel comfortable sharing that Nadia would have shared on last podcast episode. (laughs) Sometimes people make decisions. Uh, at certain in a different states state. of mind. Ah, sure. <laughs> oh, that was a, that's a whole new nostalgia pit right there. Just that was an amazing, I get amazing lost. nostalgia pit last week. <laughs> I get I get lost in Brandon Flowers' eyes, too. I would oh, just buy killer's tickets. Oh. Just, you know. Wow. Yeah, I get it. Anyway. My favorite part was Nadia asking earlier this week, hey, what killer songs should I check out before <laughs> I go to the concert? Because oh, I was like, Nadia! Wow. I saw that tweet. I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you can see all the different kinds of uh, tweets that I make under the influence of the various, you know, substances I take on uh, Twitter at Miriam Strum, N-E-R-I-U-M-S-T-R-O-M. And you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Hyam on Twitter. And this is the part where I would say you can go to hit video webs website, hit video game website, blank.com. You can still go to that website. You can still go there. Yeah, it's still, still te- go it's, there. It's still up for a lot now. of good work there. Just go yeah, read the work old there. work. It's a, it's a good yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hey, you know what? Get an ad blocker and then go to fanbyte.com. <laughs> 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 go to adblock.com and then go to fanbite.com. I, I probably just lost my severance. Can y'all wait like a week to post this podcast? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Um, and I am at Majora, like the mask, M-A-A-J-O-R-A, um, over on Twitter, posting probably like 14 and 14 until I clear all of Savage. So there we go. <laughs> and as always, we are recording for our Stars of Destiny live here on the Discord. And this week we're joined by Akumajo Dragula. That's a good name. Amy, Beware the Slimes, <laughs> Drew RWX, EJ, uh, Not Hollow, Mango Ult, Sardin, and Spyros. Thank you so much for your generous support of Acts of the Blood God. And now let's talk about what we've been playing. What our uh, sacrifice to the Blood God, the, the RPG altar is this week. And, and now let's start with you. Me. Yeah, changing things up. <laughs> getting the, the worst one out of the way first. Yeah, so I've been playing absolutely nothing, but I wrote, I finished Arcane Attempt Time today. Wow. Okay. okay. Oh. The hit show Arcane from. Hit show Arcane. From the series League of Legends. John is like crying right now. Yeah, because it's I kept like... updating people over at Fanbyte. Back when it was a lab. Back when it was a website. <laughs> um, that I am a total uh, arcane fiend slash sicko. Um, so my mom and I are watching it for the third time together. Well, we finished today. And after we finished, she was like, you know, I get something out of it every time that I watch it. I don't think I could ever get tired. And I was like, great, because I would love to just watch it forever over and over again. So... That's a, a maybe an RPG mechanic kind of a you know, itself, to you know? to be clear, you are not a League of Legends player, correct? You, you no, are not I hate a that league. shit. 
Yeah. So just just arcane, just the world of arcane. Just arcane, baby. No, no, no thoughts. Just arcane. Yeah. <laughs> how many uh, how many watch throughs were you through when you went on vacation before mm-hmm. everything exploded over at mm-hmm. Fanby? Because I'm pretty sure you said that it was like nine. S- it was nine. Yeah, this is just like my first one since then. I slacked a little. You got nine. <laughs> you got nine in before three months ago. <laughs> yeah. What? What do I look like? Some kind of coward? Of course, I I got nine in. Wow, this shit ain't even been out for a year. No, (laughs) it's on a fucking cliffhanger too. It's not like she's like watching this stuff and getting a full complete arc. (laughs) But I get Vi. That's more than a complete arc. You do have Vi. That's accurate. And Kate. That's more than an arc. That's that's the whole picture. The whole yeah. So, you know how I uh, perpetually mention Dunban? Haha. <laughs> 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 Dunban is here forever to ruin Acts of the Blood God. Let me tell you all about Jace. Okay. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> dog. Oh, my God. Ooh, it's getting hot in my room, dog. Like, Jace has Jace? the hammer. It's it's <sighs> canonical. Jace has oh, the Oh, wait. Hammer. You got That's... hots for Jace? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's is he in the show? Nice. Yeah, he's in the show. Yes, oh, he yeah. Is. Oh, he's, he's in the like show. Play, yeah, I just play show. League terribly, but yeah. <laughs> okay. I love I that show it... because my mom is very hetero, and she looks at Jace, and she's like, I feel absolutely nothing. And she looks at Vi, and she's like, oh, my gosh, she's so sexy. I'm like, thank you, LA <laughs> Queen. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, Silco, the best character in that show still. I don't I don't care. Silco, oh, the best character. Good. I like Silco. I'll jump him. I refuse to watch any of this. Silco and Victor. Those are the two good guys. Those are, those are the two good boys on that show. So wait, are we all Edge Runners watchers as as well? Have we all seen Edge Runners? <sighs> no, so well, I, I but I have no real intention to watch it. So spoil away. You you should watch it. Really? Like genuinely, it's ten episodes. We talked about it last week on the pod, so I'm going into detail about it. It's very it's great. good. I would oh, argue wow. it might be one of Studio Trigger's best shows. Damn. Like, I, I like it more, definitely more than Darling in the Franks. And honestly, it's probably up there with Kill a Kill for me. Um, Shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's doing a lot of the legwork for Cyberpunk's redemption arc. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people who are like, Cyberpunk's good. Cyberpunk redemption arc. And I'm like, no, oh, Cyberpunk we, just functions we, now. We, we Cyberpunk gotta, we is. We got to dig into that in a bit. Yeah. 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 We can talk about that later. Yeah. God. <laughs> I mean, we've been talking on this podcast about the lack of a cyberpunk uh, redemption arc as we've watched Eric slowly fall apart mentally from his uh, mm-hmm. his own playthroughs. So I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check out it's... Eric's mental breakdown at Normandy FM. Yeah. Yeah. Every week we're recording an Edge Runners episode this weekend. Actually, we got some, okay. some oh, friends coming Ken on. Ken got chat you to do there. it. He got you to do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Look. <laughs> originally i was hesitant and then i like that should be testament to you about how good edge runners is and i was like yeah i'll do an extra episode and that wow. that takes work that takes work it does usually work. ken has to like yeah. push me on that it's not a like eric more, ever time, i was like okay it's not like eric never overworks himself ever it's crazy <laughs> i'm only recording two more podcasts this weekend it's okay <laughs> eric was like yeah can you edit this, this chaos pod, pod please i've got like 20 podcasts to edit this week and i'm like it's okay eric I, i've got you oh, taking care of it that's on you. Did the chaos Eric. cast just turn into everybody like airing out their laundry? Are we just like settling yeah. all grievances uh-huh. in the chaos yeah. cast? All right, <laughs> that's fair. That's just fair. wait until I get is? to Nadia. 
Um, <laughs> Eric, I'm going to jump over to you now because you're talking about a game I kind of want to cover on this podcast, and maybe we'll even review it next week. That's Diofield Chronicle. I've heard people say it's good. Is it good? Uh, so... Okay, that's a pregnant I, pause right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been playing the Diofield Chronicle. Code came in kind of late for this one, so I'm still like maybe just over halfway into it. Um, it is, for those who don't know or don't remember from when I talked about the demo on here a while back, a real-time strategy RPG from Square Enix, uh, which is already really weird. It feels like, uh, as I talked to some people in the Discord, it, it reminds them of like Grow Lancer or whatever that one is. Um, mm. that, and it does, honestly, I've described this to people as like, if you told me this was some cult classic from the PS2 era that they like remastered for the PS4, I'd believe you. I would totally believe you because it's got just PS2 vibes in a way that I can't really like describe other than that. It feels like a PS2 game, but the idea is you have like a party of four, you go into these tactical battles that play out in real time. And command your units around and they all have kind of special abilities that they can use on the field. So it's not quite Fire Emblem where you're going turn, turn, <clears throat> turn, turn. Everything's happening in real time. You can pause by like telling when you try to issue a move command or when you try to issue a special attack command or try to select multiple units with your kind of like Halo Wars style control scheme. Uh, it will give you like a pause to kind of look at the map and look around and stuff like that. There's a lot of strategy basics in there like this magic unit can put fire on the ground, like brings down meteors that do damage and it leaves a DOT on the ground afterwards. So she's great at holding out in choke points. Whereas the, the healer guy is your healer, but he can also put like an orb on somebody that rotates around them and does fire damage to people around them. Here's your tank. Here's your assassin type, that sort of thing. And I, there were a lot of people that came out initially from that initial uh, wave of reviews that were like really, really keen on it. And I was like, I, I'm not seeing that in my own experience. I've also seen some people since be like, it's not that it's not that good. <laughs> it's really not that good. I don't think I'm there either. I think this is like a middle of the road thing for me. It is very much fine is kind of how I'm coming out of it. I, and I think it's mostly novel and in, in how it is something that is very different from Square Enix. Because, I mean, we talked about this recently, that Square Enix is just blunderbussing a billion games out there this fall, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. A, boy, oh, boy, do you like, want tactics RPGs? We got tactics right. RPGs. Here's the cards, here's farming, here's, like, multiple remasters and stuff. Like, check it all out. <laughs> and so Diofield is novel to me just because it's one of the new things they're trying, and it feels very new. Uh, but... It, it's got its ups and downs. One of the weirdest parts to me is that it will frequently have big story events happen in cutscenes, and not even just cutscenes, but like you will finish a battle. Here, here's a great example. Early on, you, you finish this battle, and you you've been fighting these like zombie things called demi humans, and your party's like, "Well, that was weird. They were really coordinated. They're never coordinated like that. Someone <laughs> or something must be controlling them." And then it like pans way off of the battlefield, and you see this dude and his lackeys like standing like way off, and they're like, "Er." It seems like our plans are coming together, but we'll need to put them together better to better tackle the things we want to do later. Huh? And then they walk away. And I'm like, cool. Okay. That's like the villain. He wears like a skull mask and a top hat. They all are like very uh, like Assassin's Creed syndicate era, like London, by the way, which is very mm. fun. Um, all of that happens. And then it goes into a cutscene where the narrator is like, 
After that battle, the main character was unsettled by what had happened. So he sent out scouts and they found out that so-and-so was the man behind it all. And now they're going to go bust down his gate and get him. And then just jumps to being at his gate, like busting down his door. And I was like, wait, you skipped like five steps in there. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of been my experience with the game so far is there's like really cool story bits like a girl who suddenly gets really into necromancy all of a sudden and you're like oh okay that's kind of neat that's fun that's weird dark magic and then they're like anyways weird stuff happened let's move on to the next thing and i'm just like no you can't like dbz narrator your way through the story like that (laughs) tell me about more about the necromancy i want to know that that character I won't I won't say more because I want to spoil people who want to play it. But uh, I do think some of the character writing specifically around the main party is really, really interesting because they have this whole idea of what if your party all kind of had their own political intrigue and, and goals and gains and everybody was like kind of working together, but also like there was disagreements in the group like one dude is like i love the monarchy the monarchy is great for the people they just need a king to tell them what to do too much power in the people would just cause confusion another dude is like no the people should have power kings are the reasons why we're in half of these messes in the first place and and they kind of have this uneasy alliance between the main characters (laughs) where all of them have different ideals and and goals and they kind of work together, but also like the point I'm at in the story, which is about half past halfway through, they're starting to like realize that maybe all of their ideals are not going to click together what? in the end. And there's some fracturing <laughs> going that's on. Crazy. It's crazy. That's that's good stuff. I like it when tactics okay. games do that. That's and they true. have that kind of like conflicting viewpoint. Discord. And, you know, it's, sure. he's your best friend, but he could turn to the dark side or maybe you were on the dark side all along. Like that's that's <laughs> good stuff. I like that. So it's it's novel it's interesting i just i don't think it's like a secret barn burner or a hidden gem or anything like that and i don't think it's like completely disappointing either but it's something to play and i i honestly it it is good on the playstation but i wish i was playing it on my steam deck because i feel like Mm. it's an ideal steam deck game because it's quick all of its battles are like four minutes four to six minutes of just little tactics hits. And I'm like, Oh, this would feel great on a steam deck. Uh, and yeah, sadly, that's, I'm playing that's prime it. toilet time, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Four to six, six minutes, minutes is perfect. Yeah. Three battles later, you'll be like, why can't I feel my legs? Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of games to play, not a hidden gem, not a burn burner, but I'm playing it anyway, because it's just really easy to play folks. I don't have to think about it too much. I can pick it up play a little bit of it while avatar the last airbender was going i did it on my 10 hour flight back from japan i've been playing sd gundam battle alliance for the nintendo Mm. switch a game in which you it's kind of like a musou game you go and you beat up hordes of enemies um there are crossovers from various gundam shows you may recall our summer of gundam the summer of gundam never ends here for me but i yeah, it's just a hack and slash grinding game where I go and get parts for a lot more Gundams and keep building the Gundams. And then, and yet, and yet, my friends, it's surprisingly well done. Kind of into it because it's easy to play. The mechanics are simple, but just enjoyable enough to do it. Uh, it's a lot of fan service if you've watched a lot of Gundam, too much Gundam like myself. And frankly, like, I just have an easier time picking it up right now than Xenoblade Chronicles 3. 
a game in which I feel like I have to really invest myself in and take some time. And like, I'm watching the story cutscenes. I'm really thinking about it. This is a game that's pretty mindless. I kind of appreciate that. So uh, if you're looking for something real dumb, play ST Gundam (laughs) Battle Alliance. The way I saw um, Michael Hyam just get up in his seat when Xenoblade. <laughs> I, I, when I hear Xenoblade Chronicles three, I'm just like at the edge of my seat. I'm like, who? What? Who said what? Be, Where? Be clear. Hmm? I'm not dissing Xenoblade Chronicles three. Yeah, yeah. I just think that it takes more serious investment. And absolutely, yeah. I, I need a yeah. game that was pretty mindless. I don't like Muso mm. games, um, actually, but this feels a little bit different. I suppose it hits different. Maybe the the movement is a little heavier. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Gundam Dynasty Warriors Gundams games, and I never, I never cared for them. Maybe because I just great. don't like the structure of a Musou game. Don't like the way that the characters hit the enemies. That kind of thing. This feels better to me. I think so even among Musou games, Gundam Dynasty Warriors or Gundam Warriors or whatever is not considered to be very good, though. Either no. there's just not a ton of great Gundam games coming out these no. days. I, oh. mm, I do have an addendum on that. I, I've been hearing around the bend that there's a new Gundam game in town that is basically Overwatch with Gundams. Oh, that game. It's called like Gundam Evolution. Gundam Evolution. I have been hearing from people whose taste I at least pay attention to uh, that it is worth paying yep. attention to. Oh, my God. And really? So, oh my especially God. as we've been going through this whole thing of Overwatch 2 having heroes yep. behind Battle Pass unlocks and all the stuff that's been happening at Activision Blizzard. I've been kind of like, I want something Overwatchy, but maybe an alternative. What if that alternative was you get into Unicorn Gundam and yeah. you push mm-hmm. the payload that way? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, friend of the m- me, um, Renata Price, <laughs> over at Waypoint, uh, just posted an article recently talking about how much she likes that. Uh, and I, I trust her opinion about competitive shooters a good bit. She's usually mm-hmm. got a pretty good oh. taste on that stuff. And she also loves Gundam. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to be playing SD Gundam G Generation Infinity, <laughs> a gotcha game that's coming out on iPhone at some point <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> Frankly, uh. I'm doomed, folks. This is it. <laughs> this is a cat apocalypse <laughs> in which... So I, I've played this game, this series, many times on Switch and Beta, PSP, whatnot. And it's I get much like Battle Alliance, a game you collect Gundams. You just grind and you grind and you grind. You get more Gundams in your collection. You get more and more powerful, etc. And I always thought, wow, aren't we blessed that they never made this into a gotcha game? Ben mm-hmm. and Namco heard me, and so that mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. so they're doing it. It's going to be free to play. It looks pretty good actually. And I'm like, oh no, well that's it. You never see me again. So yeah, please enjoy your time with one cat Bailey before I go out and buy some cigarettes in Gundam land. But <laughs> moving onward, uh, let's jump over to John Warren. What you been playing, John Warren? You're playing some classics over here. Yeah, I'm going to mention the classics very quickly. Uh, I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the first mm-hmm. time in over 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's a game for the past 20 years I've been saying is overrated to anybody who will listen to me. And I've finally decided maybe you should quit doing that. It's obnoxious. And why don't you play the game for the first time in 20 years and see how you like it? So I'm doing that. Um, the Majora's Mask is still still better, but like I, Facts. You know, I'm enjoying it, you know. Um, and then, of course, there's like a little crisp bite in the air. The clouds just kind of look different. It's kind of fall. That means it's time for me to start my yearly 
playthrough of Final Fantasy IX. Wow, the annual Final Fantasy yeah. annual playthrough. Sorry, um, you really did, love did that I game. Did I say you're you're replaying the best Final Fantasy? I did. Yeah, I did say oh, that. Oh, I don't have an internet amazing. connection, so I only play one game, and it's it's Final Fantasy IX. Now, John, um, do you play that on a disc? Yeah, on disc. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think what? I own more copies. I think I own more copies of that game. Than, so, John, are you playing game. the OG version? Not no, the... I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay, not, I'm not okay. I was going to be like, that's a commitment. <laughs> you I really know, love I, this I, game. I thought that's what you meant. It is. Yeah. I think it's actually the only PS1 game I still have. Really? Stuff, actually, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my favorite game, and I'm starting my yearly playthrough oh. of that. Um, but a brand new game that came out this week. Uh, that has RPG elements. Let's stretch RPG the elements. Just let's, let's just stretch <laughs> let's, it out as much as possible. Let's stretch it just a little bit. Uh, it's Shovel Knight Dig. I started playing that today. Um, if you like roguelites, if you like uh, if you like those kind of games, uh, I'm really enjoying what I'm playing. It is basically just a riff on Shovel Knight, which is kind of a Mega Man like. Uh, it's actually the only like one of those that I actually feel like got, gets the vibe of Mega Man, mm-hmm. even though it's not um, it doesn't play exactly like it. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, it's nice. It's nice to go through the thing. You kind of build up character. You get some accessories. You kind of you do some stat manip and stuff like that. So it's a little RPG. It's not quite the definition, but it's uh, it's the closest new game I'm playing. In I was genre, confusing so. it with the other game, the, the Pocket Dungeon. A oh, pocket dungeon. Yeah. Pocket dungeon, right? Yeah, no. So shovel knight dig is like pretty under the radar. Yacht club is just like well, I don't know. This thing does well every time we do something. Let's uh, let's make a roguelite. Why not? Um, yeah. And they seem to be doing. I mean, what I really like about it is that it's procedurally generated, but like the levels seem to be more handcrafted than you would typically see in a in a proc gen kind of thing. Mm. So. Like if you're, you know, if you're like, well, okay, I like Shuffle Knight's level design, but like, how does it translate to this? They must have done a lot of work to get, you know, these kind of levels together because um, there are a lot of different combinations. I haven't really seen something that obviously repeats yet. It's it's kind of a refreshing take on the genre, and it's oozing with that Shuffle Knight charm. So if you're into that, it's uh, it's pretty good. So that's what I've been up to. Over here on Acts of the Blood God, we just recently did a Pantheon of the Blood God for the Trails in the Sky series. We did first hey. chapter. Yeah. yeah. You're doing second chapter. Yeah. SC. As the good called. one. The be- the better one. Oh, is that the better one? <laughs> oh, I, the, the consensus I, is kind of that first chapter yeah, sets everything up. Second <sighs> chapter knocks it down. Yeah. I mean... Trails in the Sky for, I guess, for people who don't, well, I suppose if they're listening to this, they probably do know because they heard the Pantheon. But yeah, like that first game is basically like training arc, the video game. And then the last 20 minutes is like, and here's the bad guys and here's what they were doing the whole time. And here's what was going on anyway. Goodbye. And then they just, yeah, <laughs> I've heard people kind of like describe it as basically like, oh, they, they, this game would have been like 300 hours long if they had just like mushed them together. So they took one game plot and mm. split them into two. And then three is really Trails in the Sky two, But in terms of gameplay mechanics, it is basically just that game. It is it is a turn-based RPG with some like light tactics stuff to it. You can move characters around, but not like as much as you might want to. Um, and it is I mean, honestly, I'm I'm four chapters into two, which is like forty hours into that game, and it's still a lot of setup. It's very much like setting up the Ginyu Force Rogues Gallery of bad guys for me to knock down later. And we haven't like actually fought any of them, but. 
I really like the characters. I really like this world. And I'm kind of just in it at this point because I know people love Trails in the Sky. No, Trails of Cold Steel so much. So I'm kind of like waiting to try and get mm. to Cold Steel. Uh, but in the meantime, I get to play with Estelle, who is maybe one of my new favorite JRPG protagonists. Estelle rules. Estelle Bright. Yeah. Big fact. Estelle made a deep run when we did our Heroes and Villains March really? Madness. Really caught our attention, yeah. didn't it? Huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. She's great. She's like really fun and uh, just like a really different character than you normally see in a lot of like big name franchise games. I guess like Nihon Falcon. Nihon Falcom. Okay. Uh they, you know, aren't maybe like the biggest player on the block, but you know, this is like one of their biggest franchises or whatever. And you don't often see like a female lead protagonist in JRPGs like this from companies like that going that back back that far. And especially not ones that are like that actually have like writing about like, you know, interiority the way that Estelle does. Um and she's just funny. I just like her. Uh the rest of the crew is also also very good. So far, I've been rolling with um, Olivier a lot because I know he shows hey. up a bunch later uh, and he's bisexual. So um, I've got to represent him and uh, I've got Zin in there a lot. I just like a character that punches. I like a character mm. that just doesn't use a weapon. I don't know. Zin why. Zaddy. Wow, yeah. you, you heard it here. Favorite character for Nerium, Zell Dinked. The fucking paralysis demon hot dog ghoul. Demon hot dog ghoul. (laughs) Zell Dinked. Not even my favorite character in Final Fantasy VIII, John. I'm sorry. Oh God, no. That's that's like we would be very concerned. Yeah, we'd be very concerned. Are we hating Zell? Zell loves hot dogs. Yeah, known hot dog lover Zell Dinked. He loves him yeah. too much. It's what finally loves undid him. him. Much. Kills yeah. him at the end. That was the final scene in man. the hot, the home video with him choking on the hot dogs. Crazy. Yeah, on the yeah. hot dogs. Yeah, he's like, yeah. And, it and makes you know, me cry from laughter, honestly. It's really good, yeah. even though I hate him. Final Fantasy VIII, the answer, uh, opens with all the characters saying, like, wow, I can't believe Zell died at the end <laughs> of Final the, Fantasy At our cool <laughs> celebration party. We fixed time forever at our cool time celebration. <laughs> Zell Dink just choked to death. <laughs> Zell choking on the floor while the Final Fantasy theme starts playing. <laughs> and so yeah, Zell dead a red herring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm having a, having a great time with Trails in the Sky SE. I, I wanted to get through it partially because um, I knew you guys were recording that episode. And I was like, oh, right. I got like 10, 13 hours into SE and I never got around to playing all the rest, even though I bought all the rest that you could buy at the mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, shit. Like Trails from Azure is coming out in like two weeks. I need to like get caught up. So, mm. uh, cause I want to finally bridge that gap. I was waiting until trails from Azure and trails to zero. I think that's the, the, the mix. Um, I was waiting until those were out before I played trails of cold steel, but it was like, okay, well I waited so long that now I've run out of time, but turns out I've got a lot of free time on my hands all of a sudden and I can play a bunch of JRPGs. Michael, you played another game that I've been kind of keeping my eye on. That's uh, Mario oh. plus rabbits sparks of hope. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got to do uh, the final preview. I know uh, IGN oh, yeah. when, likes what to What day see... was that? That was, uh, that did... was Thursday? <laughs> September Thursday? 15th. What day did that happen? Oh, what happened on Thursday? I can't remember that day so vividly. How do you remember that day? I can't hmm. believe the rabbits are going to be forever associated with that memory. They will be. <laughs> those, the rabbits those, laid us off. Those little French fuckers are going to be <laughs> in my head. Wait, hey, Eric, John. 
was it you and I who were doing? Uh, we we were talking on Discord. And you were doing yeah. French accents. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. That was funny. You oh. you are all you are all fired. <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh for, oh my god, dog! No, I, I love, love that the name is Sparks of Hope. Like getting laid off really good <laughs> yeah it does oh my god mario rabbit sparks the hope more like sparks of dope because i fucking i don't <laughs> yeah i am one thousand percent in on it i did not expect to kind of get uh uh have such a strong impression on it so i went i went to the preview event here in the bay area um and as i was at the preview event people were talking to me like yo it's been a minute i can't yo it's a lot of ubisoft people a lot of people from other outlets dapping everyone up like yo these sandwiches is hitting did you get some go get some coffee get some brownies like oh yeah, yeah i'm chilling so i checked or i checked twitter and i see john's tweet that day oh and God. i'm just like fucking <laughs> i'm i am like shocked i just have like i turn into a zombie i'm just like mm-hmm. standing there in the middle of this press event looking at my were phone you, everyone's like you were right, standing in the press event when that happened yeah. yes what's worse yes. being at a press event or literally being in japan which is in what japan happened when you're asleep, yeah. asleep in japan or away yeah. 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 it was literally <laughs> he was asleep in japan was asleep i was in japan. sitting asleep. in my hotel room working on a story to get live on ign and i started seeing it all come in and i was uh-huh. like are you kidding me are you mm-hmm. texting him me? Trying to yeah. wake him up and, and mm-hmm. couldn't get a hold of him because he like was using like an iCloud account to right. send messages from Japan. Yeah. So he had a different. Yeah, phone he said he active. heard his phone blowing up, but he was like, "Yeah, whatever. Just get to it in the morning. I'm sure it's some other thing." Honestly, yeah. that's, that's the best plan. You want to be well rested. For He's like, "I'm just so popular that people blow up my phone." Average day. Oh, to be Imran Khan. <laughs> to have all those chuds in his mentions. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, uh, Imran definitely probably tied for the person who had like the most freaks in his Twitter mentions at fanbyte.com. Oh, oh my god. It's close. It's either Imran or Mitch. Yeah, there are a few mm-hmm. people, but yeah, Imran's are wild. Anyway, yeah, people. How'd you like the game? <laughs> oh, so, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn the you know it's sick. Uh, no, no. So I was trying to focus on this and yeah. constantly checking Slack and Twitter to see if I still had a job uh, while I'm at this press event for my job. Um, but I was playing like having these fucking rabbits talking talking in my ear while I'm just like stone faced <laughs> looking at my phone. But uh, but yeah, so. I played Kingdom Battle. I thought Kingdom Battle was a great idea. I love Taxes games, XCOM, Fire Emblem, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, that's like bread and butter for me. So when I played Kingdom Battle, I was like, this is cool. This is a great idea. I didn't expect to to think that, you know, Ubisoft would collab with Nintendo to have a Mario game that has Rabbids. Also, it's a tactical RPG. It's a strategy game. Like, holy shit, this on paper, this sounds like a wild thing that would never happen. Um, but it did and it, it was it was cool. I liked it. It was very simple though. Like for me who plays like permadeath, hardest difficulty on Fire Emblem Three Houses, I just did a run of that a rerun of that game. Um when I think about Kingdom Battle, I'm like, yeah, it's like baby's first tactics game, which is cool, and that's yeah. good. And I think that that it feels like an important void for people who probably have not touched tactics games ever before. Uh, and it's Mario. So it's like, oh yeah, I can get this for my kid. I don't have a kid, but if I did, I would be like, yo, <laughs> get to work play mario rabbits kingdom battle and then come talk to me when you're done and i'll get you on uh fire emblem awakening or some shit um 
So <laughs> going into Sparks of Hope, I was thinking like, ah, oh, maybe they're just going to do another one of these. That's cool. Um, but Sparks of Hope really doubles, doubles down on RPG elements. So they incorporate a bunch of new mechanics uh, where you can have like different builds for your characters with what are called sparks, which you attach them to different characters and you have different perks and you have different uh, elemental spells. And a lot of the encounters, at least the main story encounters I played through in this preview were actually pretty difficult. Like I had to think there was one where I had to try it three times and the demo person watching us like, yo, listen, man. Ah, you I see you struggling, bro. <laughs> you should do this. And I was like, oh damn, wow. Oh shit, I didn't know that. Um and then that at that moment I was kind of like, oh shit, this game is pretty involved. Uh I was playing on normal difficulty. So you to me that says like you really got to think about how you approach different battles. Um it surprisingly has a lot of depth, especially compared to my time playing Kingdom Battle, which was the first game. Mm. Um so it's yeah, it, it's it really impressed me in that way because uh, I had I let my guard down and I, I I got fucking I got I got got my ass beat. Um, so when I'm going into now that I'm like having played this game, I'm super I'm like super impressed. This was not really on my radar throughout the year, but now it like shot all the way up. Like I'm going to play this game before the end of the year. That's also because I think they're onto something in terms of like the first game had a goofy tone to it. It's like, oh yeah, it's kind of whimsical, whatever. Uh, I think that they, this game ha- is a little bit more involved in the story stuff. And I like that, you know, the rabbits talk and there's like, you have to save the galaxy and all this stuff. And the music, yo, <laughs> let me tell you about the music. So they have uh, Yoko Shimomura, who's mm-hmm. famously mm-hmm. of Kingdom Hearts, Super mm-hmm. Mario RPG. Uh, she also did like the, the Mario Luigi, like Superstar Saga, all those games. She did soundtracks for those, Final Fantasy mm-hmm. 15. Um, so she's like one of my favorite composers of all time. Uh, so her, Grant Kirkhope, and I uh, forgot the Gareth other dude's Coker. name. Gareth Coker. Gareth Coker. Yeah. Them three collabed. All three of them made this soundtrack. Like, damn, yeah. y'all did not have to go this hard on the soundtrack, but you did. And it is wild to be playing this game where you have Rabid Peach, Rabid Mario, Mario, and fucking Luigi here in a tactics game where they're like fighting rabbits and shit. I'm just like, why is this soundtrack going so hard? It feels like I'm playing, <laughs> I'm fighting a final boss in Final Fantasy or, and they have like some parts that almost, I, I closed my eyes for a minute. I was like, this is from near, this got to be like a near <laughs> song, like from the near soundtrack. I cannot tell y'all enough about this soundtrack. Oh my God. <laughs> they went so hard for a rabbits game. I cannot believe this is real. Um, and that really like got me invested. Like that's a thing for me is a good soundtrack will get me invested in mm-hmm. a like your story can be fairly basic or whatever. Uh, and your characters can be like cool, whatever. Uh, but if you got a fire soundtrack, mm-hmm. I am all in. And that's kind of what Sparks of Hope has in, kind of in his back pockets. Like, all right. Yeah. Rabbids, Mario. It's cool. Tactics. Uh, but also listen to this fire ass soundtrack. So, uh, yeah, I got to play through it. Um, they got some cool they got some new cool characters and some of the 3d like overworld stuff is pretty more it's more involved it feels like i'm playing a 3d mario adventure game um because you're like exploring the world as different secrets and you know it's not just all tactics whereas like kingdom battle is like all right go to the next battle go to the next battle mm. go to the next battle this one's like hey we have an overworld and you could do uh different shit like there's puzzles um 
and uh, there's also different like secrets and uh, different story bits and stuff. So and like the battles themselves, they don't have a grid based system anymore. So it's uh, each turn you have. So if you've ever played Valkyria Chronicle um, or Valkyria oh. Chronicles, it's kind of like that where you have you have full control of your character and it's like, OK, here's the defined space in which you can move for your turn um, and then just control them with the stick, position them however you want rather than like a like a fire emblem grid based system. And I think that's it makes it feel like I'm playing half tactics and half like a 3D Mario adventure. I think right. that's really cool in terms of like bridging the gap between what a Mario what you think of a Mario game and what you think of as a tactics game. Mm. Um, I just it's a small change, but it I I don't know. I I I think it does a lot for um it just like yeah, I, I I enjoy that more because you can you think of the battlefield in a different way rather than like okay, let me look at the blocks and which I can move. Okay, I'm in this position, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I'm like running around like okay, like I can position myself like this, and you have different area of effect spells and all this other stuff. So it's uh it adds a little bit more depth. So I'm super impressed with Sparks Hope. I did not expect that. Um, and yeah, I was talking to like the lead producer, and I was like, yo, hey, this shit's kind of fire, bro. And he was like. <laughs> yeah it is isn't it um in a french accent non-derogatory i know i would love uh, a mario tactics game but those damn rabbits they just take over yeah can't get, a, can't get away I, from them i feel like the rabbits we were talking in the pre-show about this but one of the news stories that i think is coming up in random encounters is that the rabbits can talk this time like they actually yeah. say things boy that's what i get, wanted i wanted the rabbits to talk i just i, I want to hear their opinions so You're they gave so right. rabid yeah. Mario this like bizarre voice where he gets like knocked over. He's like, Hey, mama Mia and stuff like that. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny. It's, Chris, Pratt Chris Pratt is busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got Chris <laughs> Pratt in, uh, yeah. but they have like rabid peach doing a very like almost parody voice and stuff like that. I was surprised listening to it at first. I was like, why would I want to hear? That's like someone telling me I want to hear the minions talk. Like, no, I don't want to hear the minions oh, at all, much yeah. less hear them talk. But <laughs> Um, John's getting ready. John loves minions. John does not love minions. <laughs> no, he loves minions. But I was I was impressed by what they were showing of just some of the asides and quips that some of the characters were doing. Uh, if you're going to have the rabbits in there, at least like do some fun stuff with them. Yeah, right. It really seems like yeah. that, that that's what they're doing with it. So uh, yeah, yeah, sparks hope. Seems pretty cool. Um, Did they do any like funny stuff with like the regular character? Like one of my favorite moments from that first game was just like princess peach floating on down from the sky with with her like parasol and then pulling out a fucking gun and shooting <laughs> yeah. like, there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of that energy too in this game where yeah it's just like good, over good. the top ridiculous stuff that just you wouldn't see or i would i don't know i feel like mario odyssey did a pretty good job of like leaning into some of that goofy mm. shit but like mm-hmm. this one has like a ton of goofy shit and uh it's better for it that's my um, favorite stuff yeah cool yeah, that's cool mm-hmm. so yeah, and uh, my Xenoblade Chronicle minute, since I, we are no longer have 99 <laughs> potions, Speaking and I can no music. longer do my Xenoblade Chronicle 3 minute. Oh my god. This is, actually, I said this on the, our last episode, our last, last episode, full episode yeah. we had. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is, I'm not even done with it. I'm in the middle of chapter 5. It is one of my favorite games <sighs> of all time. I am not playing with y'all. I am not playing with y'all. This is one of the best games that has ever been made. In my wow. lifetime, holy shit! The oh, end. the 
end of chapter five i like Ugh. ascended to a different plane of existence i can't that wait that's the thing though is that that's what everyone's been saying and i'm kind of i'm kind of scared where i'm just like ow i don't uh, it's one of those things where I didn't beat Mass Effect 3 until like four years later because I never wanted it to end. Not that like Xenoblade is going to end after chapter five, but oh, it's it does like, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so I'm so happy about that. It's funny Kat mentioned that, you know, it's a very heavy game. And if you're going to play it, you have to set aside, you know, you can't it's like you can't have a steak dinner every night. Um, right. There's a t- time and place for it. And I've gotten to that point where if I'm going to play Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I need to like set aside time i need to be in the right headspace because like i i very quickly started to care about this game in a way that i have not cared about games in a very long time or well no final fantasy 14 like the same level as persona 5 and final fantasy 14 this and like undertale it is up there with those games i am not messing with y'all oh my god i'm just like doing a bunch of side quests because I'm afraid to continue on the main story. Mm. So I'm just like doing side quests. And, uh, but I think I've done all my side quests possible. So it's time to move on in that story. And no, holy shit. Wait so till they put probably... out the first piece of DLC and then yeah, play exactly. that <laughs> and wait for the next uh-huh. DLC. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Sorry. This is probably Allie. a dumb question, but do I have to play the other two to get this? No. One? No. no. In fact, I recommend you don't. Okay, because. Just go to three. Oh, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great because um, Michael's getting me pumped, and I really want to play like a long RPG oh, again. Yeah, just but just like every it. time that I think about getting into Xenoblade Chronicles, I think of the titty girl in the second game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, you can skip like, it. Oh, you can skip it. Yeah, Natalie, it, you've missed all this conversation. I didn't even realize because you weren't on Ninety Nine Potions for right. the last like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. you can skip yeah. it. We talked about all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I, the, yeah. they asked the same question. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, yeah they the do like a... girl just like gets to me. Like <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely still no. characters like that. Shout out Silvercoat Ethel. Ethel. Yeah, but, yeah. But <laughs> has her hey, life she's death tattoo favorite. on her boob. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there's so she many. She has a life, uh, a life death tattoo on her titty. Yeah. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Everyone does. That's just character design. Everyone not does. Not on their titties. Yeah. Not on their titties. Yeah. And she's got, she's got, she's got a lot of life death tattoo space to work mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the canvas is breathtaking <laughs> i um, honestly think that xenoblade i i think i might have mentioned this when i was on 99 potions but like xenoblade chronicles 3 gives me real Shadowbringers vibes at times yeah like mm. the, the closest i've come to re-experiencing Shadowbringers since finishing Shadowbringers, bringers it's fine uh, that yes. is like yep. especially in chapter five like that is like i'm just saying it it is praise if you've played Shadowbringers, yes. if you know what we've been through. So I would almost say it's it, it feels like Endwalker in many ways. Um, that too, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, got Shadowbringers those big yeah. vibes. Yeah, yeah. It, and I, I think for so Natalie, you mentioned like Xenoblade Chronicles two had put me off this. Like that that game had put me off the series because I remember, you know, I was like Rex is a kind of a herb, and like Pyra and, <laughs> and Mithra seem cool, but like what they do with those characters is a little like all right, I I see what y'all are doing. And I mentioned this when I think it was uh, Nir and I were on uh, like the 99 Potions episode, which was just you and I. And yeah. or I think Imran was there, was there or the episode we had with Imran and Andrea. I was just like, this is probably like one of the least problematic JRPGs I've played in a very long time. Or <laughs> Like it really keeps its head on straight and it kind of like does away with all the bullshit that you might uh, have seen or felt from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like it says, mm. yeah, actually, we're not going to do any of that bullshit. We're going to like really focus in on 
what makes this game special. And it's very much that humanizing aspect. And especially for you and I, Natalie, we've had a lot of conversations about how Shadowbringers and Endwalker has affected us personally. And Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is probably, I don't say this, but in terms of like hitting that theme of like, and we talk about this with Endwalker, like life and death and how you kind of confront fears of death. Mm-hmm. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 does it just as good, if not better, than Endwalker does. That, that, that's a, that's a that's high a, claim. Yes, that is, Bruh, but I'm Is it not only playing. on the Switch? It's I'd only be, on I'd Switch. Be of course, this. it is only on Switch. It's only yeah. on Switch. So. All right. That's, oh, that's sorry. I'm, 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 I'm making it work. My Xenoblade no, Chronicles. that's amazing. Thank you. I walked <laughs> away from this podcast tonight, like, getting a new game. So. Yes. I can super play. I'll keep you updated. We, we need a supercut of every single Xenoblade Chronicles minute that um, Michael has done, which I think is about like four episodes at this t- point. So that's four minutes that I think will would total up to about three hours of discussion. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm done. I, I rest my case. <laughs> it's I mean, we've certainly had uh, a lot of pro Xenoblade Chronicles three chatter here on Acts of the Blood mm-hmm. God from Nadia and Eric. <laughs> and just got to say, it's something really special when a game touches you in your heart and i totally totally get that michael so i i gotta say that it's real wholesome seeing mm-hmm. all of this love for xenoblade chronicles <laughs> 3 but and we'll just wrap up with andrea andrea what have you been playing so like michael i always have a minute of the same game so far every time that we've <laughs> recorded together um and but it's, it's brand new here 14. on blood god so it's all good <laughs> well there we go yeah um, so I have still been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I swear I do play other things um, other than the people that I was podcasting with before. I was supposed to start Yakuza. I have not yet, um, but Which I one? did not forget like, that conversation. Yakuza, like a dragon or zero? Zero? zero. Yeah. 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 starting Because yeah, I haven't played any, so I want oh. to. Um, yeah. But I'm just going to like game pass for it a, all you're up. You're in for a treat. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I've never played a single one. Yeah. So I want to, um, but I'm going back actually um, and cleaning up some stuff I haven't done in 14. So I'm like trying to clear some of the old ultimate content and then mm-hmm. finish Savage. And then um, I've been playing Final Fantasy IV. Yeah. Easy stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> stuff that makes me mad. And I don't know why I'm still playing at like 2 a.m. when I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I've just been doing cleanup stuff in 14, and I've been playing the Pixel Remaster of 4, mm. um, which I said I would do before in Walker and did not do. Um, I'm trying to go back and play some of the ones that I haven't played in a really long time, so like mm. middle schoolish, just to see um, what I don't remember. Um, but I really wanted to play the DS version in After Years, and I know everybody hates After Years, but I never played it. So I figured I would go back, play the Pixel Remaster, um, and then go play the DS version. And then and then you can years. learn why everybody hates After Years. <laughs> exactly. Right? Is it really that bad? Everybody has had like this visceral reaction every so time Nadia's I say, not here, but she, uh, she can talk to you at length about why, she, why After Years isn't particularly great. So... If you are a cane liker, will you like after years? Oh, that's a good question. Do we know? That is a good question. Uh-huh. That's a Nadia question. Uh-huh. That's a I big Nadia, Nadia question. We'll have to. Nadia talked a lot about send up the Nadia signal specifically. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> to the clouds. Yeah. Get her pull, well, her, pull her in soon. from the Nadia, killers report concert. Report in from the killers concert. <laughs> Nadia. 
<laughs> Nadia is literally, I don't know if y'all have been looking at the Stars of Destiny live chat, but Nadia is literally in there reporting from the Killer's <laughs> reporting it from the Killer's oh, shit. <laughs> Nadia, where are you? How many hot fusses out of five hot fusses would you give the after years? <laughs> wow. Ask the Killer's what they think of the after years. Yeah, <laughs> that's what matters. Please. I bet they would have yeah. some takes. Right. <laughs> uh, is the DS remake any good? Because that's what I want to play next too. Oh wow, that's uh, yeah, it's I, a lot harder. It's and, harder, um, but yeah. it's but but it's I don't know. I think it's kind of it's a it's a neat little artifact because like they just yeah. kind of stopped. They made three and then they did four and then they just kind of stopped doing those. And I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting. Andrea, do you do you have the like anything that can play GBA games like a GBA or? not a gba allegedly I have, allegedly um, i mean i have a gba but i would not go dig it out of a box but i would have an alleged gba okay okay, alleged okay. GBA. Oh, the yeah. the advanced versions of all those like four five and six are like fairly solid uh, four is pretty um, glitch though that's the problem oh is it really oh yeah. especially I only the, the final dungeon yeah it has some mm-hmm. big glitches but aren't ideas ideas are malleable by by the people who dream them and so could that have potentially allegedly have been taken care of as well oh yeah in some sort of patch that's how i played them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whenever i was little um i allegedly played them <laughs> through other means <laughs> um uh, uh, did you ever get to did you start p8s at all andrea yes oh, uh gosh. we are like at the end of, uh, I cursed my group by going machinist, uh, and <laughs> so everyone hates me right now, and I refuse selfish, to change. Selfish machinist. So just really like yes, their animations. Classic. So yeah. they I love the hate me a lot. While I do one damage at a time. <laughs> exactly. Everyone's like, "Can you please go dancer?" No, absolutely not. Um, but where our our whore whore. Whole comp is kind of cursed. Our whole comp is cursed. I was like, are you talking That's about so with our free company overall? <laughs> our free company, um, things you don't know about it, or you may. Um, but oh yeah, we're all in the same free comp. Well, uh, Natalie and Nir, we're all, we're all in the same. Yeah, Michael free company. Whore makes comp. his own destiny. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I have not finished P8S. Maybe we would have met the DPS check had I um not been what I am. But the rest <laughs> of our, our group is, is kind of like, I think our tanks are the only thing that are like in meta or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but yeah. Tanks we'll... always holding up the wall for everybody just kind of doing all the work as usual. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah. Sounds like an MMORPG. As, <laughs> as they do. Yeah. yeah. I just cleared um, I have. So oh, did curious. you? Yeah, I just did. Oh, cool. man. I don't want. Yeah, it was. I don't like that fight really. Uh, a, a rant for another day, I guess. But like, I don't know. After five, five was a lot of fun. Yeah, five was uh, fun. But six, it's like I kind of like my eyes glaze over and I zone out and I just move around the tiles on the floor and yeah. I get kind of bored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But seven's way more fun. I think, seven's the so. the tree, right? The big tree. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that kills me on normal. I'm too stupid for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I'm, yeah. I'm a simple dragoon. I I like having as few buttons as possible, and I just hit the buttons when I need to hit the buttons, and I stand in the That's yellow to keep my rotations up. <laughs> uh, you should play machinist. 
yeah. It's, it's literally the same thing, but with ranged, but I still die. I, I, I tried machinist. Yeah. So. I tried machinist, I didn't like it, so now I'm just learning Sage. Oh, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Sage is fun. Um, Big sage responsibility. Is fun. Sage is what if machinist did damage and heal. Oh. Kat, do you follow Final Fantasy fourteen at all? I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. I'm sorry. I just start this. I do just need to say, Kat, that the the sage is one of the new is the new healer class that they added to Endwalker, and they fight with fin funnels. Oh yeah, from yeah. Char's yeah. counterattack. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the Gundam one. The Gundam uh-huh. <laughs> That's how we get you in. It's There's something sick. for everybody. I just realized. Truly. Oh my goodness! Ninety nine potions died before John could go back to Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And it'll we never happen someone now. Someone tortured with fourteen yeah. as well. This is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we tried I mean, to I... get him into it, and I like took him around in my like big whale mount. Oh, that was fun. Big <laughs> whale. His little guy Aaron's and everything. God, that was fun. Big whale that day was, was good. Yeah. Come back to it. Well, I'll I come. I need to come back to it first. <laughs> yeah, I was about <laughs> to say. Let me know when you go back, and I'll I'll think about it. I you can join I paid... the whore company. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did go back to it like for literally an hour to get the Emmett Salk minion. I paid mm, like mm-hmm. the 13 bucks that it takes to subscribe for a whole month. I was like, mm. I'm paying 13 bucks for a fucking little guy. But he's, he's my guy. little guy. It's a real little good guy. little guy. Good little yeah. guy. It's a real good little guy. He doesn't do the yeah. dance like the Yishtola one did, which is a bummer. Mm. But, but he like put him on your farm? Have him yeah. on your island sanctuary. Retire him wanted. on your farm. Yeah. I put him on the beach. Oh, so with the shark minion. It's so hard to be a war criminal. He deserves a little me. nap. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Is any anybody else here maxed out their island sanctuary? Yo, what's you up? Got the mic- what do you want you got the motorcycle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, motorcycle. Yeah. Sickos. One day. I wasn't gonna do it, and then I saw the motorcycle, and I was like, "You're telling me I can start you valley my way to a motorcycle? This is all I've wanted in a video game." <laughs> When do you get the booty shorts? When is that? 10? Uh, yeah, that's what I care yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I think you get like a free. <laughs> when outfit. I saw that there were booty shorts, I was like, mm, yeah. Maybe oh, shine. oh, inside <laughs> baseball into fanbite.com. That used to be a website that you could go to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you, we had like um, item pages for all the new items that got added to the game um, that our devs had pulled through the API and all that stuff. And we were going allegedly. through. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> um, <laughs> And we were going through and adding stuff because our whole like thing was like, we're going to make these the best version of this that exists out there because so many of them are just auto-generated crap out there. That was like a whole mission statement that we had. Uh, rest in peace. But um, if you go to Google Analytics like I do and you're a sicko who just like cares about the traffic, the number one item page for like three weeks running was the booty yep. shorts. Yep. It was just people mm-hmm. Googling the booty yeah. shorts. How do I get the mm-hmm. booty shorts? Show mm-hmm. me a picture of the booty shorts. I need to know mm-hmm. what the booty shorts look like. Yeah. And I, I bet it's still up there. <laughs> yep. Yep. 14 players are nothing if not consistent. The the item name it was the item was it name the item is name or was in it booty shorts. I guess the booty shorts. shorts. Just no. the fourteen booty shorts. XIV booty shorts. Uh, it's um, that's what I would Google. I I'll farm hands cutoffs. I think is what Co- they're called. Or they're oh, like cutoffs God. or collots or something like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're cutoffs because I made that. I, took, that I, I listen. I took some pictures of my warrior Vlight. And, uh, you know, I got them. I got them. Theoretically, if you're someone who enjoys G pose, the island sanctuary is a fantastic place for absolutely, especially when you get landmarks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you want to hear more, more, if you want to talk, hear more Final Fantasy 14 chatter, go check out Charlene Dropouts, Nadia, all this crew. 
We'll, we'll invite some fanbite folks over, former fanbite folks hey. over too. Continue the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XIV party train. But in the meantime, it's time for some random encounters. A massive leak from a 17-year-old hacker has exposed GTA 6 and including the source code and a lot of videos uh, the hackers reportedly been taken into custody. I don't normally like to cover non-RPG stories in this, but that was a big hack. I mean, one of the mm-hmm. biggest ever, so it's quite notable. In RPG news, Star Ocean The Divine Forest has a free demo. Valkyrie Profile Lenneth has been delayed to December. Mario Plus Rabbids... This is the first time that you ever hear the rabbits talk. You can see a bunch of previews on various websites, including my website, IGN.com. Uh, Eric, is there one over on Destructoid? Nope. Nope. <laughs> 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 and, of course, you can see Michael Hyam raging against the dying of the light with uh, his own uh, rap Mario plus rabbits story. Um Pokemon devs say they have no issue with Nuzlocke runs after separate claims set off a furor in the Pokemon community. The Pokemon community is always getting freaking mad. This is just what I'm going to say about this. I don't... Joe... Joe... Uh, Joe Merrick... Uh, t- Serebi went and talked to the Pokemon developers and they were like, I don't know what the heck we're talking about here. And they've released a statement. Look, they don't hate Nuzlocke runs, alright? They're not banning people from going on Nuzlocke runs. Slow your roll. It's fine. It's okay. Be mad about something else for a change. Uh, a Diablo 4 endgame beta has been announced. Uh, Microsoft's CEO is confident the Activision Blizzard deal will go through after a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth on that front. Sony getting a little spicy. Uh, cult classic Solium Infernum is getting reimagined by the Armello devs. I don't know what the heck that means. Eric, can you please Yo, tell me up. what this is? It owns. It was this game, like, it's one of those games from the era when Rock, Paper, Shotgun would do game diaries about super obscure games like Pathologic and stuff. And I know for, like, most people, that's, like, not something. But for for the people who love that weird, obscure, good stuff, this is one of those. Pay attention to it. I got to see an early hands-off of Solium Infernum. It looks really, really good. Uh, Kieran Gillen and Quinns did a whole like game diary thing on Rock Paper Shotgun about it back in 2009 and loved it. And they're basically just giving it a huge graphical overhaul and it's coming out next year on Steam. It looks really cool. Well, okay then. And our final item is that <laughs> tons of people are playing Cyberpunk 2077. It's up to like 1 million concurrence on Steam. Per which week. Is per week. Wow. Uh, it's yeah. crazy because of Edge Runners, a show that I've told is very good. Only 10 episodes. I should probably go watch it. Um, hey, we'll even talk about an axe of the blood god. What about that? But our main topic this week is problematic RPG faves. We're bringing back our PAX uh, panel. Eric, can you explain what the heck is going on with this topic? Yeah, so this was something that we had talked about at the time and even tried to get a lot of folks on and and we had some some swapping spots at the end and all that. And so I kind of wanted to bring it back now that we got the whole 99 Potions crew in one place, because at the time at PAX, we had uh, this was a crossover panel between myself and Nadia and then Kenneth Shepard and Nikki over at now, now formerly of Fanbyte, uh, where we talked in, about and defended our problematic uh, RPG faves are, are are the most indefensible characters that we love from different RPG games. And uh, 
what happened in the background while we were discussing this, deciding what a problematic RPG fave was, what different characters could be. And as people came up to the mic and talked about their problematic RPG faves and whether they should be judged for them or not, which was a very fun panel. Y'all should go listen to it. Uh, it got to an interesting discussion. So I thought I would put the idea forward of what are, what are some folks problematic faves? What did they find interesting about a character that is a complex character? Because I think that frequent when we frequently, when we talk about good RPG characters, they're not like goody, goody two shoes. You know, they're not the Sterling characters. We like the complex characters. We like, characters with nuance so one of my go-tos and the one i used when i did my panel uh i defended goro akechi from persona 5 uh who is a problematic fave of mine i love akechi uh it, look i can fix him all right he's he's, he's gonna get better um but uh, I, I kind of wanted, yeah, somebody already disagreed with me and got out of here. <laughs> um, but I wanted to, to pose this to the to the crew. Uh, like, how do you define a problematic fave? Like, what, how, what do you feel is like uh, a character that you enjoy, but uh, maybe wouldn't, how, how did Ken and I describe it? You would tell your friends, okay, this guy is great, but <laughs> you kind of like kind of preface it. You got to set the table a little bit. So, so what do y'all think about problematic faves in RPGs? I mean, they're characters that you would never actually associate with in your real life. I, I would hope. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's like it ranges, right? It's like they might, they might have killed, they might have committed some light genocide, but do they have a big dumpy <laughs> ass? <laughs> like maybe they're maybe they're like a little bit racist but like have you seen how they look in some of the armor that you can put on them like you haven't even got know. to start blood john you can't talk about Xenos oh. like this yeah i mean it's 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 one of those things where it's like can can you possibly defend the behavior of the character mm-hmm. in like to your mom like what if your mom <laughs> mm-hmm. saw who mm-hmm. they were and you, you're just trying to like you, you're, you're trying to make a case. I don't know. It's like, I, and it runs the gamut, right? Um, I think I think the I think a problematic fave can be the worst of the worst, but also just kind of a shitty person, you know. <laughs> and um, you can still you can still love them in your own way. I guess that's how I would define it. I think um, I think fantasy. Uh, games or just RPGs in general but specifically fantasy um, for me a problematic fave like the epitome of one is aside from the light to heavy genocide and <laughs> like varying amounts of uh, racism and problems and whatnot I say as a woman of color by the way everyone <laughs> just to preface <laughs> um <laughs> For me, uh, a good problematic fave is a character that embodies this world. Like, for all its good and all its bad. And a good, believable fantasy world has a lot of bad shit in it, right? And got some of the mm. genocide. Emmett Selk is there, you know? Mm. Like, he's he covers all... He, he embodies Eorzea and Tidalyn in a lot of ways. Like, And I bring him up because um, it'll come up at some point that he is, like, my ultimate favorite uh, char- like mm. male character um, so 
for me, that's kind of like the go-to definition. Um, it's like, there's a very wide spectrum of what people call problematic fave. Like, on one end, there's people who call their problematic fave uh, a problematic fave because they said one mean thing to a character at one mm. point. And that thing might have been very mean, but it was just like a few lines and it was like, okay, whatever. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you got the Dimitri Fire Emblems, you got the M itself, <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV, you got the Soulless Dragon Age, like literal war criminals. And it all just, it, it's a very large spectrum. It's a very accommodating spectrum, right? Um, but I, I guess for me, why I love having problematic faves specifically is like, there are some flaws that are enticing, and that that sounds really bad to say after I just said my favorite one is a war criminal. Well, they're um, interesting, like they're late. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're interesting, and I think right. I think when you, at, at least for me, and I'm, this is not me saying I share traits with Solus or Emmett Selk, uh, mm. but I think people enjoy. <laughs> I think people enjoy having a safe avenue where they can see the flaws that they might see Mm. in themselves or that are enticing to them, Uh, maybe because they're so foreign, maybe because they're so close in proximity. But liking that character uh, is like a safe avenue to explore what it's like to either be in proximity with someone who has those flaws or to actually embody them and perceive the world through their lens. So it's like a psychological exercise on top of them maybe being high. It's like you can't resist it. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, part of, at least when I look at someone who qualifies as a problematic fave, is that there is a version of you that would have been good. Um, but circumstances, turns out you became a war criminal. You hate to see it. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Just one I, mistake, man. Mistakes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I yeah, th- th- I mean, there's various like you like beyond like the Anthony Fantano scale of like light to heavy genocide. <laughs> depends on <laughs> depends on how you feel about it. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but I, everyone has I think everyone has to have their own definition of like what's like Yosuke from Persona Four. That fool's just problematic. He is not a favorite because he's just like a kind of a he's a kind of a dickhead and he's just like constantly a dickhead. Also, he's a homophobe. Like that's what makes him problematic. Um, <laughs> also, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what makes him problematic. <laughs> what, like what makes him not a fave is that he's just a dick. Right. Um, Get the PC mod. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And then he, yeah, then he starts, uh, then he's got a, okay, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, how are you world. trying to phrase that? <laughs> I'm just going to pump the brakes a little bit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> after, after, uh, mentions of Dunban and Jace. Uh, but, yeah, I think for me, it's um, just I, I like at the end, if you have some sort of conclusion or you resolve the, your conflict with this problematic fave is that there is no one, not everyone needs a redemption arc. I don't think anyone need, needs a redemption arc, but hmm. by the end of it, you can look at that character and be like, damn, they sure fucked up. But hmm. in another world, we would have been friends or some shit like that, you know. I guess uh, for me, when I'm thinking of a problematic fave, it's usually somebody who jumps off the jumps off the screen, and I'm I'm interested to know more about them, and I want mm. to I mm-hmm. want more screen time for them. Um, one of them might be Caesar from uh, Fallout New Vegas, who oh sure is on the one hand like I completely abhor him in every way, and like if he existed Despicable. in real life, I would yeah. be like oh my god, I mean you're like a military dictator. 
your your empire thrives on brutality. You're like everything I oppose, but the at the same time he exists in a really horrifying and brutal world, and his his uh, legion is the only one that seems to like function properly. It's pacified the regions. It's made things relatively safe, but also he puts people on stakes. And when you talk to him, he comes off as intelligent and likable. So you have to sit back and you have to think about like who this person is and why you're when you might be drawn to him and that kind of thing. And then you have to think yeah. seriously about what he's doing because he has real motives. He's not just a mustache, mm-hmm. you know, twirling villain. He has a mm. he has a kind of a rhyme and a reason to what he's doing, even if like what he's doing is absolutely freaking terrible, which is why I think uh Fallout New Vegas is a compelling RPG yeah. and maybe the best <laughs> one ever made, folks. <laughs> Oh, we're litigating this already. Huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but like Caesar. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say Caesar really is like so interesting because he's like a character archetype that you don't see morally in video games mm-hmm. like ever. Where he's like this such a like this moral utilitarian where he's like he knows what most of what he's doing is bad. He knows the bad things that he's doing are bad, but he has chosen to ignore the fact the moral element of it, you know, to save the human race, which, you know is a argument that gets made by a lot of people in the real world to do actual terrible things because they believe that the world is ending for reasons that are not real. But in his world, the world was, you know, nuked by, was, was destroyed by nukes. And so he's like, Mm -hmm. well, okay, technologically population wise, what do we have available to us that has worked in history? What is a model that we can pick up and work Mm -hmm. off of? Mm -hmm. And he specifically does that. And is like, yeah, no, it's, it's what I'm doing is terrible, but it's going to, you know, save the human race it's like very legend of the galactic heroes like well we just need a good dictator exactly wow. uh, and don't worry <laughs> about the other stuff now that's a poll legend of the galactic heroes yeah, let's go Look forward to spring of the galactic heroes here <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like caesar is a really interesting example and i agree with both of y'all because like every time i go back and play new vegas i'm the same way where i actually look forward to confronting caesar again because it's one thing that I think a lot of other fallout games have dropped in trying to craft their villains is that fallout is always trying to deal with not the immediate fallout, let's say, but the, the long-term fallout of what it means to have a nuclear apocalypse and try to rebuild in the ruins afterwards. And what I love about new Vegas is, is that it shows how different factions try to rebuild around different ideals. And Caesar is, is looking at it and saying, Oh, you know, NCR wants to be, america again but america right. is what led us to this ruin, to this is what right. led us to this so why not look back to something like rome which did stand for a very long time and at least think that's something that won't lead us back to where we are and the thing is and and kind of why i i found some interest in problematic faves after this panel was that a lot of them that came up were villains and a lot of them were frequently villains in series where the the other entries had those kind of comedic mush mustache twirlers right like look at dragon age is a good example i love dragon age but dragon age doesn't always have great villains it has good villains at times i think the era shock is kind of one of the other ones i would point to as being like that was them trying to do something interesting with a villain and then dragon age 2 just had a million development problems and and it just went all over the place but like Dragon Age Inquisition's actual villain, Corypheus, not 
I was going to say, you can say Corypheus. <laughs> yeah, like not super compelling as a character. And then when the Solus turn happens and then you play Trespasser and Trespasser is gosh darn one of the best DLCs for a game I've ever played in my life. Uh, it sets up this incredible arc and now you've got this incredible villain. And that's I, I think problematic faves highlight the idea that we want villains or just characters that we can latch onto that can do bad things, but still be complex characters in the process and not have to be these goofy you know dudley what what's what's the bad guy from the canadian mountie cartoon no no not dudley do right his enemy dick dastardly that's his name i got it (laughs) whoa wow yeah where'd that come up out of my head oh my god (laughs) who knows you're just a huge oh wait no wait no i'm getting from the chat that is snidely i don't know who dick dastardly is we made it dastardly is one of the hanna barbera he's got the little the the dog that goes Oh, yeah. right, hot right, right. In the yeah. new Scooby Doo movie, yeah. Yeah. sounds like a Pino star. Yeah, Andrea, do you have any? <laughs> Listen, you Andrea, see what's movie? your uh, problematic fave? Let's put a spotlight uh, so on it. Someone <laughs> brought up um, in the Stars of Destiny live chat, uh, Beatrix from Final Fantasy Nine. Great, and I do, mm-hmm. I do love her. Um, yeah, and I, I know she definitely uh, did a bad thing. Uh, a little bit of genocide, uh, yeah. like Emmett. Just a spot. But it, it's one of those things <laughs> where you can um, I, see how the monster is made, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's one of those things with Emmett, too, right? And several of, of Final Fantasy XIV's villains in particular. Um, but you see how in Nine, she just kind of, like, falls into it. She doesn't really have a strong sense of identity. Um, she has nowhere else to go. Like her whole life is this. She's like a cog in the machine. Mm. Um, and while that's not like a great excuse, you can see easily from day to day how we have people like that all around us that are just like cogs in the machine. And by themselves, they can't do a whole lot. Um, but, you know, she she meets everyone and, and kind of has that change of heart. Um, and you can see that she kind of chooses a different path later on uh, after she does a lot of terrible things. But uh, that being said, uh, I still really like her for those reasons, um, just for the sense that she's not cartoonishly evil, um, like some of those that we discussed. Yeah. Uh, go yeah, on. Beware of the slimes. Oh, sorry. Um, kind of jumping off that, though, that's like the same reasons why my problematic fave is Yatsuyu from uh, Stormblood. Yeah. Um, Where the slimes mm. brought up Yatsuyu, and that was my favorite before. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong. Shout support everything. Yeah. <laughs> that fight. That fight was. Oh, God, that, God. that song, Wayward Daughter, oh, so whenever, good. Yeah. yeah. I would, whenever it pops up, I got I got it off my Spotify like shuffle because every time I once that song plays, I'm just like, <laughs> it's very <laughs> fight heavy. somebody. It's very heavy <laughs> for me. Um, the thing about the thing for Yatsuyu is that so. I mean, Stormblood spoilers, I guess, but um, she's fuck, man. Where do I even start? Because I've seen a lot like Yatsuyu is a character that I've seen in like in Filipino history where mm-hmm. the colonizers take the, their, the, the people they are subjugating to flip on their own people like that is a mm-hmm. part of my people's history. And to see that in Stormblood, this is why Stormblood for me like hit very hard is because that's one of the core elements of the story is like, how does an empire, how does imperialism impact the people who are the subjects of imperialism? And having Yatsuyu as like one of the main villains shows you how 
uh, how power and uh, sort of when a evil, I guess, like imperial power is in place, how alluring it is that, you know, you grew up in a, you had a shitty life with shitty parents and just Mm. like had a shitty situation where you had nowhere else to go. And then here comes the empire. It's like, hey, we'll take you in. Be one of our, be one of our top dogs and you could do all the dirty work for, you know, your you know, the ins and outs of your own people. How about we use Mm. that uh, against them and sort of, and when you get introduced to her, you see like straight up, you see a lot of bad shit. Like one of the first scenes with her is like, she's like, ah, execute them, kill the motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like her own people. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know, fucking kill them. Um, and then so off uh, off the jump, you're like, wow, she's really bad. She is, you know, she's killing her own people and she doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as you learn more about her and you learn about her shitty brother who mm-hmm. fucking ends up showing back up in Endwalker. Goddamn. Voice actor is <laughs> fine as hell, though. I'll tell you that much. Say what you about Fan Daniel, but his right voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Um, but yeah, y- Yahtzee is, uh, has a, uh, a very specific has a specific place for me because I, and it's, it's it's funny, like Final Fantasy IV is like a Japanese game. Like the Philippines has also been a subject of like Japanese imperialism. So like, mm-hmm. I guess, all right. I, it seems like maybe y'all are telling me that you understand history through this Stormblood story, whatever the fuck. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, and by the end of it, you can, she kind of like, once you know, defeat her, she kind of gives up and says, damn, she's fucked up in it. And then uh, that's it. It's, um, you kind of and her last boss fight is like a like condenses all of her personal backstory into one fight and the way that fight kind of like there's a transition where you have i think there's like dps checks where mm-hmm. you have you see like these pivotal moments in her life in that mm-hmm. fight yeah and yeah. as like the song is playing and like the tears are going and you're also like if you do this if you did it early on it's, it's still a pretty difficult fight um so it it's like the sensory overload of just like holy shit like i'm seeing her entire life in this fight right now and by the time you're done with it it's like wow i your life has been terrible and i understand why you became who you are again like it doesn't excuse all the bad shit that she did as a tool of the of the empire but um yeah, I, I, I've read about it in history books. I've seen it happen to my own people. So, like, that story was like, I know that this is real. Like, I know that this has happened in real life. And mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of draws me to it, it makes it more believable that this piece of the story is rooted in something that is very real. But yeah, for- that- oh, no, you go. The thing that, the, like, I wish actually, like, Stormblood did better with for her was, like, what they, like, they, they do do that, Michael. They, like, draw on this idea of, like, the Garlean Empire comes into this place and is, like, okay, we see what existing problems you have. We can make ourselves look like saviors if we come in and tell somebody we can fix those problems. And the problems that Yatsuyu basically faces is that, like, the people in, of Othard at that point are, like, deeply patriarchal and she's like a daughter who is born to a family that only cares about its son and is like treated like shit as a result of that and like from birth basically she is she becomes like one of those cogs in the machine that andrea was talking about and like her last moment in that game is basically like having lived as that cog in somebody else's game in from one to the next to the next to the next over an entire life the only thing 
left her, the only move left to play is to just literally break the whole machine. She just kills her own brother, spoilers for the end of Stormblood, for for like basically just out of spite and like revenge mm. and stuff like that. There's nothing left to do um, except just like take over for herself and just like cause as much chaos as she can to like express like this power that she has at the final moment. And I wish they would actually go back and like do a little bit more stuff. Maybe it's just the fact that uh, what's his name? The King from that area, uh, that area has just never showed up in the game again since Stormlight. (laughs) Uh, But they never really do anything with like, and then now that the Garleans are gone, we're going to return to our old bad ways about like, you know, you know, highly patriarchal society and stuff like that. Like the, the, there's, that's a tricky way to go because then also you, you have to have the story of like being like, well, then, then the third um, you know, army came in and said, "Like we've actually got the right solution. It's it's our vision of democracy, which is also a thing you see throughout history, like the end of World War II and like the yeah. forming of the United Nations and stuff like that." Um, so it's may- maybe just trickier than what they want to deal with. But Stormblood is so politically driven up to that point that like it's kind of a bummer to me that they don't do more with like the overarching implications. But Yatsuyu specifically is such a good representation of it in that moment. I want to talk with about... her too. Sorry, you go ahead. Oh, uh, you can go if you want. Yeah, since oh, you started <laughs> ping pong it back and forth. No, I was just gonna say I, I think too what uh, kind of compels me to like any of these villains that we've kind of touched on here, like Emmett or or like Yatsuyu, um, is that there's not so much like a redemption arc. And I know we can talk mm-hmm. about Inwalker or whatever it may be, but um, like Michael was saying, you know, not everybody needs a a, a redemption arc, and I totally agree. I think the thing that I find compelling is when they ask you to pity them or find them pathetic in some way um, for how awful they are or for how awful they became. So like, this is pathetic, like looking at the Garleans, like and what they became, this is like very pathetic to look at and it's sad and pitiful. Um, But there's no redemption really there. It's just a thing to show you that this was complicated and it ends terribly. Yeah. That happened. I I was about to bring up the, the souls games actually. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, those games are all full of broken people, right? I was just like, yeah. po- considering like Bloodborne, for example, with Father Gascon, who, mm. you know, is kind of a noble hunter, but becomes fallen and eventually becomes a beast. And uh, you, you are also kind of invited to take warning from him and um, have a little bit of pity on him as well. But uh, also, Father Gascon is like a, a fan favorite, right? Because A is a really freaking cool design it's a really fun bass battle um and it does so much to encapsulate a lot of what uh, makes bloodborne spooky and great mm. yeah, yeah um think- mine's waka <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh no yeah kind of listen that breaks the rule of like interesting here's the thing Here's the thing with Waka, though. It's like he's your kind-eyed guide through this very tumultuous place. It's he's the first friendly face you see, and he's the last friendly face that's kind of with you, you know. But he's mm. he's voiced by a white guy, and he's got this Afro-Caribbean <laughs> voice, There's, and also he's kind of a religious fundamentalist, <laughs> yes. who like kind of makes everyone's life kind of worse Damn. down the stretch. Oh my god! Wa- Waka, I like that we've all picked literal. I really like that we've all picked literal murderers. No. But John <laughs> mentioning Waka, kind of who like who like has a line where he's like racist, and I was like. 
what Dude, that's, that's, that's the yeah. one that sends the podcast overboard yeah yeah it's like oh listen God. i'm like i'm like i'm still kind of drawn to him as a character but i'm like oh boy i ooh, ooh. so it's got layers it's got real life layers you know Waka, yeah. to me is an amazing character because he is hospitality He's right. I don't know you coming to my home. He's kind of got some. He's got some vernacular that is questionable. Absolutely, where you're uh-huh. like, huh? Okay, it's it's All family right. shit. And and then he's like, yo, I heard about this podcast. You got to listen to this podcast. All I'm right, serious. they're yeah, talking about the Albed, the Machina. They're out yeah. there. It's not that's the bad Machina. He's the your, good he, Machina. <laughs> Let me he's tell your, you, <laughs> he's your friendly cousin. Friendly cousin that invites you out to shit. Yes. He 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 like he is excited to see you every Thanksgiving, and he tries to get you to listen to an episode of Rogan literally every time he sees you. <laughs> yes, yes, and it sucks. Waka like, but, is a real character, but he's a real ass character. And I'm just like all right yeah all, right. all of y'all's are great i thought beatrix is a great pull uh in the chat someone picked gabronth from Final fantasy 12 great problematic fate yeah yeah uh but natalie you but would like, know a lot about that yeah you would know a lot about <laughs> gabronth um no but like uh, but waka just was one of those i'm like i'm thinking about it y'all are all going through some really good ones they're all murderers they do genocide they're <laughs> they're bad people and i'm like who's a guy that reminds me of people that i have in my life that I should eject from my life, but mm. kind of it's hard, right? Family's hard. Oh god. So it's a it's a it's a multi-layered character and a problematic fave. There was a that literal TikTok back. I saw this morning that was about like the when you meet a cute guy and he's like, yo, I gotta introduce you to this friend I grew up with. And it's like just Waka. It's always Waka. <laughs> right. <laughs> um yeah. and yeah. and we all have our that is interesting because we have just listed a lot of like war criminals and that's about right. it. Like the idea of a character that is just a problem and Waka a grows problem. to be yeah. like Waka does grow and learns to not be racist to one Albed person. Uh, right. Once. once. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that really does make for just a, an interesting character, if nothing it's else, and, and informs the right. world around him. Too. And he's a party right. member. He's not a villain. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's he's automatically positioned as sympathetic as opposed to yeah. a lot of these other people who are messing you, you up or whatever. Throw him off the shoe puff. Yeah, a lot of problematics in that in that party. You know, Orin just lies about being a fucking ghost. You know, it's like that's like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a lot. You know, so that's that's know. betrayal to me. Here's, you yeah. have to tell me if you're a ghost. That's the law. <laughs> you gotta tell me if you're a ghost. <laughs> um, thinking, hey, Orin, how are, how are you drinking all of that if you're a ghost? <laughs> Anyway, I was thinking a lot about Lazard Valeth from Valkyrie Profile, a character who mm. initially, when you meet him for the first time, he's pretty awful. He's killing characters. Um, he's really skeevy. He's, he's actually stalking Leneth and creating these mm. little homunculi so that he can oh. make her mortal and marry her or something. It's not cool. I, I, yikes. But he's immediately one of the most, he's a, an immediately compelling uh, boss to fight. He's fun, actually. Um, and if you get the best ending, I'm just going to share a little Valkyrie profile spoiler for you. He Ooh. comes, he's helping you. He's helping you get what you want, ultimately, mm. to revive Leneth. And he's he's also the villain. And in the sequel, and I liked him when I was uh, once upon a time because he was had a 
fun, good voice. He was evil. Mm. Mm-hmm. He was a nerd. Mm-hmm. He, he was like a redditor, that kind of thing. And when I replayed, <laughs> oh, when I replayed Valkyrie Profile just recently, I was just like, oh, I do not like Lazard Valeth. He's he's freaking gross, man. And this game's kind of positioning him as uh, sympathetic. Not even mm. sympathetic, but like uh, maybe a villain that you love to hate. And um, it maybe goes to show how your opinions on problematic faves can shift over time, as it were. Right. right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, is there a villain that goes too far? Because stretch this definition enough, and like, would Luca Blight be a problematic fave for me? But he's Luca just like, Blight he's just evil. Terrible. You know? He's so evil. Man, what? he's a good villain. But Sweden 2 never once kind of makes him the never good guy. tries to make him sympathetic. No. no. Like, Lazard Valess saves Valkyrie, Leneth Valkyrie, you know? And you're just like, oh, God, why do you have to do that? Valkyrie I mean, profile. I mean the, the best friend betrayal is a popular problematic fave. Like, so what is it about? I feel like problematic faves are more talked about these days. Is it just because of the nature of social media? Is it the nature that we can form fandoms easier and, and talk about this stuff easier? We have venues like AO3 and, and, and Tumblr and Twitter where we can more congregate and share fan art. We have and, podcasts, and Eric. Stuff. Yeah. Which means pod- we can talk we about this fault? stuff. Is it our fault? It's our fault. <laughs> I, I think it is a little bit of all those things. I also think it's just like, I, I do think about this like a good bit as somebody comes from like the comic book world sometimes. Like I used to read a lot of fucking comic books like Marvel Comics and stuff like that. There's mm. no villains left in mm. Marvel mm. Comics. They've all had they've all been around so long. Magneto, Doctor Doom, you know, fucking Namor. Everybody has become a good guy at this point. And it's just like so and like you see it a lot in and in a broader sense in media, just like sanitized, like in this way of just like no characters in any Marvel or star Wars movie are ever horny. Nobody is ever like, uh, (laughs) nobody is ever mean. Nobody's ever horny. It's just like you go in a bunch of people kind of like, you know, jump around a little bit and then like, you know, blow up a magic rock. And then that's the end of it. Mm. And like, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of like texture on characters. So you need to kind of like look sometimes for those characters in sort of less mass media appeal sort of things that have that texture and like stand out because like they stand out so much more now that we see so much less of it. I feel like at least in popular culture. I do feel like the X-Men did do well with the idea of problematic faves of having characters like Jean Grey and Magneto who like were deeply flawed characters that you still really loved. Listen, Emma Frost Like Emma Frost turning around and becoming a good guy by um, turning Cyclops into uh, like her sub, begging Cyclops every night (laughs) as her Ah. like psychically begging Cyclops as her like redemption arc is one of the best things that ever happened Ah. in comic books. Ah, 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 Shouts ah, out ah. to Grant Morrison. (laughs) Hey, blood guys! It's the first time someone's mentioned pegging on your show. Oh God. (laughs) Uh, with Nadia on, I'm gonna hazard no. But... This had to have come still... up at some point during one of the nostalgia pits. At some point, that's there. There true. was. I don't know if this has come up in a nostalgia pit, but at some point we should get Nadia to talk about uh, the comment that she made during the Final Fantasy 14 segment at E3 when I was working at USG that literally like had me on the floor laughing while we were covering E3. It was very, it was quite good. It should be a nostalgia pit. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But I think laugh. I'm laughing at psychic pegging. I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, it's, read New X Men. It's, it's in there. No, no, no. That is you, one of the could, few X Men I've read. It's me. quite good. <laughs> near, near. Send me some links. No, ah, I got you. No, right, no, you. nope. You've signed up now. All right. Takes these backsies. The newsletter is already in your inbox. <laughs> I feel like this is an excellent segue to move into our last segment. Kat, what about you? Because Lord knows Avatar The Last Airbender has some fantastic problematic faves that we get oh, yeah. both yeah. solidified and introduced to Big in Prince... the finale of book one and the start of book two. Is Prince Zuko not the embodiment of the problematic fave? And yeah. uh, Prince Zuko is, pro- is diet problematic fave. Been the favorite of avatar like that is the og redemption arc for like the people in this room to to clarify for the folks at home we are now in the autumn of avatar segment this week's episodes were siege in the north part one and two which is the finale to book one and the first three episodes of book two which leads all the way up to the return of omashu and the introduction of azula and her teen girl squad who are now hunting team avatar as well as what is definitely the start of Zuko and Iroh on the run from the Fire Nation as they have now officially been branded traitors and off, are being hunted. They cut off the top knots. They're oh, on the was, run it's now. It's so good. Uh, it's yeah, good that was stuff. big Very time. good. Yeah. Shaving uh, the beard, cutting off the top knot. Yeah. Azula has been one of the characters that I've been, been most looking forward to being introduced in this series because it is the character that I'm most int- oh, yeah. like interested in seeing be developed uh, years removed from the first time I saw the series because Azula is a very complicated character and, and has a lot going on. And I love her introduction because Azula's right away, just very competent, very good at her job. Oh yeah. You know, kind of a, she's, she's like, okay, now I'm going to get this done. Screw you Zuko. But <laughs> I, I was sad. I wasn't here last week. Cause aside from like tons of RPG news, and also the fact that I couldn't defend Valkyrie Elysium, a pretty good <laughs> RPG, from y'all going, man, what, what the hell are you talking about, man? Valkyrie Elysium was good. <laughs> and also, I watched a lot of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender on my, on my flight home and everything. And uh, I think The Storm, the episode The Storm kind of mm. won me over, right? And that was uh, basically twin flashbacks, right? Where we get to learn the history of Aang and Zuko. Mm-hmm. and i was like wow okay like it's really intense um it's really well done i'm invested in these characters all right i'll, I'll i'm really gonna roll with it and now we're up to season one uh the book one finale uh he- here's some thoughts as somebody who's watching this for the first time uh two-parter finale was lit it was phenomenal extremely well yeah. done Giant, giant kaiju just knocking stuff mm-hmm. over, killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, Zuko had some good moments. Iroh saying, uh, hey, you're a man now, Zuko. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like tugging at the heartstrings. Um, the, the fiance running out from the bridge and being like, I'm going to kill you now. Ah! That, that was good stuff right there. <laughs> I got a, got a chuckle out of me. Um, didn't, uh, when they kill the moon, and it goes mm-hmm. into the black, the gray scale, but every so often the fire uh, lights mm-hmm. things up. Very cool. Very well done. Very effect. cool. Yeah. I was yeah. really into what a that. Good show. Damn, yeah. I forgot. I know, right? That's been my entire show. The show's very good. 
Yeah. yeah. Watching these episodes, you remember the big moments of Avatar, obviously, but like yeah. even episode to episode, solid show, really good show. Yeah. And when he goes into the spirit realm, like that whole thing was very spooky, especially the the monster, the spider monster that had all the faces. Yeah. That was like some Game of Thrones yeah. stuff mm. there. It's good stuff. Can't mm-hmm, can't make mm-hmm, an expression mm-hmm. or it'll steal your face. Yeah, yeah. that was a it's that so was a good. great segment. Oh my god, uh, very well done. And then I, I didn't care for the princess character who inexplicably loves Sokka. Sokka's still a big piss baby. Don't love Sokka. Um, and she inexplicably loves him or something. And her only role in the plot is to sacrifice and become the moon. But cool mm, story. Yeah, there's great. also yeah. the there's also the misogyny storyline um, with uh, Katara. Mm. Um, yeah. Wow. She she got. They really like hit the accelerator on her development. She goes from like, well, I can't do anything with water bending to like, I'm literally the master and I'm going to teach I'm, I'm Aang the best now. At this. So, so yep. we, we talked about this last week because I brought up that they were going back to the misogyny storyline with, with Katara. And it would have been really easy to just kind of not do that well, the way they did with the Sokka thing in, in warriors of Kyoshi and all that would just being like, well, Sokka learned that girls can beat him up too. So it's all good. Now we've all moved on. Uh, the thing I like with Katara is that not only do you get to see her stand up for herself and have that line where she's like, I'm not doing this for you. Aang. I'm doing this because somebody needs to teach this dude a lesson. Yeah. But rewatching oh. the episodes, one thing I've noticed is that as Aang is doing things as Aang and Sokka are always up to stuff. You can always look in the background and Katara is kind of like practicing in the background. And it's like a really neat little visual thing I've been noticing is that they keep dropping in Katara just like, oh, Aang is playing with animals and Sokka is like building the campsite and Katara is like practicing with a water scroll or something. Yeah. And so it really develops her character as like the the student, like the actual studious person versus Aang who's naturally gifted but doesn't want to study ever. Um, right. I dug that a lot. It's like, that's my... Katara is probably my favorite avatar character. And I just love that. Like from that point forward, and she's basically just like, she's nice. And she's like part of the crew and everything like that. But she's like really prideful and like easily like gets upset about like people like not respecting the work that she put in or, or being able to do things naturally and stuff like that. And it's just like, damn, I, I um, identify with this. I identify with yeah. maybe being a little bit surprise, too surprise. I like Katara abilities. the best out of all of them, but yeah. Uh, Sardin saying Avatar is simply as JRPG as a show can be, and that is factually correct, in my opinion, because the book two um, premiere basically asks the question, okay, but why can't the Avatar use his limit break every time and then yeah. just take out the entire Fire Nation Navy, and then you find out like what the limitations on this right. power are? Um, it was a good episode. It was a thoughtful episode. Good plotting. I, I didn't care for the space uh, for the hippie episode. It reminded me of the space hippies from the original Star Trek showing up. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Osaka and a, a like solu- solution to getting out of the maze being moles, mole like mole badgers, badger moles. Yeah, mole badger, badger moles. moles. Yeah, badger the original moles. Earthbenders. Yeah. It was a very JRPG dungeon, that episode, mm-hmm. when they're all underground. Uh-huh. With, and, um, yeah, the, I, I love the badger moles. And I was like, okay, that was a good sock. A good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one was, um, uh, um, uh, God, I can't remember her name. Azula getting the, the girl Azula, gang yeah. together. The girl villain gang. The teen girl squad. Yeah. As, 
Yeah. Uh, Ty Lee and May. Uh, I <laughs> forgot how sick May is. Like, I, I always re- yeah. remember May is basically like, you know, May's the, the circus Aubrey one, Plaza. right? She runs uh, away. Ty Lee. Ty Lee is the circus one. May okay. is like essentially Aubrey Plaza's character from Parks and Rec. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. She's I don't, great. I don't want to be here or whatever. Yeah. And and I always just remember her for that and, and some things that happened later. But seeing her throwing the knives and like basically trying to murder people and stuff just for sport. <laughs> she's like, finally, something's happening. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Like, I forgot how much I like so many of these these supporting characters uh and, and it was really fun to see them again in this return to omashu episode also we watched um several episodes of last airbender with my housemate ina who it has done martial arts and she was like mm-hmm. i was an i was a firebender <laughs> and i'm like okay <laughs> but she studied a bunch of these martial arts she's like wow that's i'm really impressed by like how accurate these actual moves are and everything mm-hmm. this yeah. is uh, mm-hmm. phenomenal she was like captivated yeah. by it as we were watching the the finale of um, episode of season one. So yeah, they put a lot of work into that show. Yeah, <laughs> they really like did. Yeah. yeah, from a yeah. visual standpoint. Yeah. So when we were done, she's like, "I'm uh-huh. into it. I want to watch this show now." So uh, just from a totally neutral standpoint, of somebody just walked walking in and watching this show, we got a stamp of approval here. Mm-hmm. We yeah, have some it- Avatar fans from Ninety Nine Potions, right? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, know I mean, at least a few been- are. It's it's been a grip since I've watched the whole thing, but yeah, I was it's it's probably my favorite animated show of all time. Yeah, we it's very good. Watched it together in Providence at the at the last oh, in person yeah. full fanbite meetup with most of the staff there. We watched yeah, Avatar: The Last Airbender on yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, no, we 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 definitely. I mean, like the end of season one starts a bunch of really good. Um, uh zuko iro stuff that just like mm. continues to pay dividends like can't wait for y'all to get to that stuff um yeah I, it it's there, there were some uneven moments at the end of the first season i agree with you cat about like you know the 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 stuff with the moon and and the princess is just like just a, a little bit out of left field for Very for some tale. for some things yeah mm-hmm. but um it's still it still ends up, you know, doing some good development stuff, I think, later on. And um, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I love the show very, very much. And now I want to go back and watch it. So y'all have convinced me to just go ahead and fire that up after this, I think. I haven't watched it in so long, but I feel like I'm kind of the weirdo that likes Cora more. I know it's, it's kind of love or hate, but I, I do love no, I, I heard that's the lot. gay one, so um, I'm kind of into that. It is the gay <laughs> yeah. one. It is yes. the gay one. Very, very gay well, one. Time more gay, yeah. But uh, when I went back and watched it as an adult, I was like, oh, damn. A lot of this was just me, like, online being into, Project. like, oh, yeah. know, <laughs> fan fiction and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, was, yeah. it was more gay in my <laughs> Natalie head. Natalie giggling um, in the background. <laughs> it was way more sub than context, but yes. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it set the groundwork for so many great shows after right. it. Like, sure, yeah. Like, I remember at the time, I was like, Oh, like like it was a thing where I didn't know at the time and so I would obsessively watch people reacting to the ending of Korra mm. while I hadn't watched anything about Korra since the end of season one because she kissed Mako and I was like ill um <laughs> so like yeah so I was like oh my gosh and it was like a thing where I was like 
why am I obsessively watching all of these reaction videos? <laughs> that can't mean anything, right? <laughs> uh, Michael, are you not? Have you not seen Avatar? No, I, I fuck with Avatar heavy. Oh, okay, I, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I it's just it's been a while because like I was yeah. gonna say you would you would like that. I was gonna say, yeah, dude, if you love Xenoblade Chronicles three and Final Fantasy fourteen, <laughs> yeah. whatnot, you're gonna love Avatar. Come on, yeah, yeah. Avatar yeah. is a staple of like anyone who grew up like in my neighborhood mm-hmm. we all fuck with avatar heavy uh we're all fucking nerds and shit so like but i haven't i haven't i've never rewatched it i just like mm-hmm. watched it once mm-hmm. through when i was like i don't know 12 13 or some shit and i was like wow that's great also uh shout out to my boy dante bosco that's my guy yeah classmate dante bosco <laughs> well, he wasn't my classmate, but we we did we no? did work together on Homestuck. You worked together, okay? You worked. Yeah. With, wait, what? Hold up. What? Did you not, yeah, Michael, when I was when I was when I was a consultant <laughs> for yeah, when I was a consultant for a year and a half on Homestuck shit in L.A., which is I can't get into. Um, <laughs> the deep yeah, da- oh Dante and I we we did some shit together. He's great. He's, on Homestuck, you did awesome. some like, shit the, together. Wow. The fact that y'all yeah, like because, work together in some capacity, like oh, that's yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. That's a little bit surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was on Homestuck shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah is is this a friends yeah. reunion bit? No, no, it's not a bit. No, it's really not a bit. Um, John got his start in Homestuck. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get my start at all. John was created by the creator of Homestuck. You John, you can't left. say shit like this. John got isekai out of no, Homestuck into the real world. <laughs> well, no, but that's but that's legitimately the connection. Though they just added Dante Bosco to they added fucking Rufio to Homestuck, and that's how Bosco got connected to it. Is that he just heard about it and he was like, "Oh, sure, I'll fuck with these people." And so, yeah, that's how that happened. Did Anyways, you just say Rufio plays Prince Zuko and Rufio Avatar is the Last in Homestuck? Yeah, that's yeah, that's who that is. That's Rufio. Yeah, that's You're blowing yeah, my Rufio. mind. Yeah. You're blowing my mind yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's my guy, Dante, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dante Bosco. Yeah. Rufio, yeah. Rufio. Yeah, yeah. Rufio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The yeah. Naboo, which that, is my guy. Yeah. My guy wrote a book about those two characters. You can go get it right now. Plugging, plugging the man's book for him. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I just, he's, yeah. He's a good dude. That's damn. Dante Bosco is like a, so much. He's an icon in like a Filipino American icon. icon. Yeah. Also, he's, yeah, he's, he's like one he's of awesome. the, like one of our like. He, also like, in the classic up, of uh, gay cinema, but I'm a cheerleader as well. So. Yes. Yes, he is. That's <laughs> icon. True. But mm-hmm. Eric, we're going to do a big recap of book one pretty soon. Rax the Blood yes, God. We we're going to record that tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll do our, our plan as we've been over is that we're kind of doing a segmented watch where we're every week updating the episodes that we've watched. And then at the end of the month, we'll have our big recap where we kind of talk about the book as a whole, like kind of, you know, assess the ups and downs, what we thought at the beginning and the end and kind of what some of our standout moments were, where we are on each of the characters. Obviously, Kat and Nadia will get to talk a little bit about their journey so far in, in learning about Avatar because it's y'all's first time. This is great. I love this. This is fantastic. And we'll be bringing some guests on as well to talk about it. Uh, our guest for book one, actually, uh, I'm just making sure that we have locked this in for tomorrow <laughs> because <laughs> that we are a hundred on this will be Lotus also of former family. Lotus, so, nice. Lotus rules. Love to see it. Um, so yeah. No, that show's yeah. over. 
that one was also a fanboy Well, I look forward to it. But in the meantime, that's the end of this episode of Axel Blood God. We're heading into post-show in just a hot second. But all of our pals, 99 Potions, I'm really glad that you got a chance to come in here and pour one out for fanbite. And just want to open the floor really quickly. Like, you have any final thoughts, any final words, anything you want to share? Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to plug, uh... yeah. Yeah, my my Twitter account again is at floppy adult. You can check out stuff there. Uh, I also you should also follow an account called if you're driving I F Y O U R E D R I V I N G. That is a new podcast that's going to be coming out in October that I'm going to be hosting with Nikki Grayson and LB Hunters, formerly of fanbite.com. Um, yeah, you should follow that and, and check stuff out there. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. This has been amazing. I always love coming on the show. Mm-hmm. Michael, anybody else? Oh, just Michael. Wanna... <laughs> I'll say, I Michael, I see you wanted to say something. Uh, yeah, I guess I just want to say, like, if I have an opportunity here, is like you never really know what you got until it's gone. And yeah, I'm man. still at Fanbite, mm-hmm. but I kind of look back at things like Friends Reunion, um, the the episodes of Channel F I was on, he, being here again and kind of redo essentially redoing a 99 Potions with everyone here. Uh, and then looking back on what Mike Williams and I were trying to do with our Final Fantasy fourteen coverage and like and then like having seen folks like Funke, Nikki, uh, seeing John and Imran out there on like things like the Bombcast on KFGD, seeing all y'all on like other platforms. And I watched this shit. I'm like, wow, we had some of the best people on one site. What happened? And um Sometimes you just think you just realize like there's shits out of you, out of your control, no matter how good you are at something. Um, yeah. Sometimes it just like you can't decide you, you're not in that position to decide your fate uh, and it sucks often. So um, seeing all of my former coworkers thrive on all these other platforms and seeing like the reception that they get from like Imran and John, like folks were loving y'all. Nikki killed it. I watched with Funke and Bless on KFGD. And the fact that all of these people who I adore are being exposed to new audiences and everyone's like, wow, who's Nikki Grayson? Holy shit, they vibe with Greg so well. And yeah, yeah. I'm just like, all right, you know, it's it's maybe it's time that the rest of the world <laughs> found out about all, all these all these great people. So um maybe it's a silver lining. I don't really like silver linings in general, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's one of them. I'll say that Thanks, former Michael. former editor of a little website called US Gamer that also met an untimely end and in so many ways yeah. has so much in common with Fanbyte. Yeah, big sympathy. Yeah, uh, it sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's scary to lose uh, full time employment and what they did yeah. Uh, yeah. to you is frankly unforgivable. I know that y'all are incredibly talented. You're going to land on your feet. Mm-hmm. You're just too talented not to. I just hope mm-hmm. that uh, we can keep you all in the games and the games media because it sucks to see really talented folks yeah. get mm-hmm. done like this and just go, you know what? Screw it. I'm out of here. And right. I don't blame anybody who does that, but uh, we need these wonderful voices, these wonderful, diverse voices that we had over at, uh, mm-hmm. at Fanbyte. And um, 
gosh, I, I really hope you all find uh, something great around here mm-hmm. pretty soon. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nat, Miriam, Andrea, stuff y'all want to plug? Start with Nat. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess like in terms of like final thoughts and things to leave on, um, I'm definitely one of those people that's like, I'm out. Uh, I told John <laughs> Fanbyte was going to yeah. be my one and only full-time stint. I knew that it wouldn't get better than mm-hmm. Fanbyte. And I I don't need to go to other places to know that. Um, 99 Potions originally started as John, Mir, and I, just the three of us, kicking the shit, shooting the shit about RPGs. Um, and it was such a, a unique and scary venture for me as someone who always has so much anxiety about doing this kind of thing like we recorded overall before I stopped uh hosting on 99 potions we recorded something like 100 episodes um I'm trying to keep like the mental tally of the few days that I (laughs) missed out or something um and so I would have never thought that I could do that kind of thing and it never stopped being nerve-wracking to record every week um but John believed in me and um yeah it was great um Natalie, keep an keep an eye on the space because you know that Natalie is is still going to do good stuff. Come on, oh, yeah, come on, <laughs> yes, yeah, doing something. I don't know whether it's uh, bullying other coworkers wherever she is. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I hope they have an open door policy on bullying wherever you end up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I need uh, it. Uh, you need it. So you can find me over at Hardy Mesa. That's hard I N E C I A. Oh, I'm sorry for being a crybaby. Oh my god, I just like decided to end the cast. Just so emotional, but I just <laughs> love these people so much, and yeah, it's been great to to shoot the shit with them again. Yeah, Miriam, how about yourself? Yeah, damn, God, I'm getting I'm getting emotional now. Um, you know, Ninety Nine Potions was obviously like a huge part of it was a huge part of like what this crew here that we brought in uh, for this episode did, but like fanbite in general. Oh, you know, it was just really, you know, we really tried. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, and we did everything. Listen, there's, that no, we, you know, there's no accounting for taste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you, <laughs> Like like Michael said, you can do everything right. You can you know you can get everything right. You can do you can hit the numbers that you were told to hit. You do all that stuff. We did you know that four years. We did uh, mm-hmm. we we yeah. operated the way that we wanted to. Yeah, I'm just gonna miss mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're not dead. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know, I know. No, it's I, it's I hard. It. I mean, we, I I I know. I, 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 I I'm playing with you. Well, the U.S. gamer folks, we'll have a bond forever. It, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's y'all have like, a bond too. You know, we'll be we'll be in this goofy private Discord that we have forever. Um, allegedly, the private Discord is allegedly <laughs> the allegedly um, good stuff. But it's like, yeah, it it is really hard in here. I mean, it is because I mean, this was kind of this podcast was the anchor of my week for. Yeah, a long time, um, and it was just a really good place to come talk to people I really like uh, for a long time, which like may not be a job. Maybe I'm realizing that that's not a job, but I thought it was. 
it. <laughs> and I, I, and I turned it into one for a long time. Um, yeah. so yeah, but I will miss that too, but we're still going to be doing stuff together. It's just, it's going to be scattered. It feels mm-hmm. like, which feels scary, but yeah, yeah. you'll always be welcome on Axe of the Blood God for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Andrew, any, uh, thoughts from you? Um, yeah. Uh, kind of piggybacking off of what, uh, Matt and, and near just said really well. Um, I was just like a, a very small part of that, just like on the weekends, but it was still like really special. Um, and just, you know, to the people that listen to like acts of the blood God and, and things like that. And just your favorite creators. Like if, if you enjoy something, um, to let them know, uh, because, seeing people's responses like after what happened or to to yeah. have someone someone just like reached out to me last night and was right. like why aren't you updating like you're stupid I and you know people didn't reach out and not that you know, not saying people didn't appreciate it, but you you know, having someone after the fact, and it's like, wow, it really did matter to people, and you know, yeah. it just wasn't this yeah. thing that you were shouting into the wind, and nobody yeah. was paying attention. Right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So to to let people know, and to you know, leave your favorite podcast or review and stuff like that, like you hear it all the time, but right. it's, it's important. True, yeah. It's really important. Like right. you take two seconds and and just help out in those little ways. Um, yeah yeah that's that's about it remind people that you love their work <laughs> plug your stuff dude. wow plug your stuff yeah. y'all are all so sweet oh. y'all, you, you fuckers y'all like y'all were so sweet i started this by going go to my twitter um all these chuckle fucks i guess this are gonna be doing something else this was my final way of bullying you on a 99 potion yeah <laughs> wow um, no, I love all of these people. I love all of these people. And maybe you're not supposed to love the people you work with, but I do. And um, yeah, I, I will I will miss that. But uh, I kind of refuse to let it happen in yeah. a way. So yeah, they're, they're not going to define that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for having us on the show and let us uh, hang out again. This was good. It was good. And we'll have to do it again because, as far as I'm concerned, yes. 99 Potions is not dead. It'll live on mm. one way or another. Yeah. Love it. Just gotta give it a phoenix down. Heck yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. Square's gonna come for us. That, that's that gotta be copyright somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spell it F E N I X and you'll be all right. Oh, well, right. no, but start- that's the coalition's yeah. coming for us after that. Uh, <laughs> phoenix family. Hell no. Damn. <laughs> That's it for Axe of Blood God this week. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Cat Bailey. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Cat You can follow Eric at Seamoosie, S-E-A-M-O-O-S-I. And if you want to support the show, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. where for one just $1 a month, you can join our Discord, take part in all of our wonderful discussions with all of our wonderful uh, contributors, and also uh, get access to our ad-free version of our show. There's also a lot of premium content out there, including the upcoming uh, Avatar The Last Airbender book one recap. Really looking forward to that. It's been a fun run so far through Autumn of the Avatar. 
But we'll be back next week, as always, to talk more about the genre we love. But until then, for Eric, myself, and also Natalie, Michael, Nier, and Andrea, thanks for listening. Happy adventuring.